and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I'm talking with my friend and fellow podcaster, June Che Bell. What's up, June? Hi, how are things? Yeah, things are great. I am so happy it's Friday. It's been a long week. I've been looking forward to talking to you all week, and here we are. I know. I've been so <laughs> excited. Well, because you're in Iowa, I guess I'm, I'm a little sad this week, though. This is the week that summer officially ended in the upstate of South Carolina, because mm. it is cold now. <laughs> yeah, it's been chilly here for a while. Yeah, no, we had 80 degree weather last last week. Oh, see, it's it's really felt like fall, and we've had lots of rainy, windy days recently. That's how it's been this week. Yeah, it's been pretty. Yeah, the this week was pretty chilly, and then the past couple of days have just been this rainy, dreary, cold. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, that's um, that's what it's been here. Rainy, dreary, cold a lot. <laughs> yeah, and so it's just funny though because, like, we joke that like we don't really like we have summer and winter in the south and it is kind of true like i think you have a little bit more like like gradation like in this when you go from winter to spring but when it comes to like summer to fall we don't really have a fall like i said we had 80 we were still having 80 degree weather last week you know like towards the end of october and really we'd only i mean even at the beginning of october we were still having 90 day like we we're having 90 degree days Holy and cow. so we went, so like, it's really been summer up until like last week, but it's not like we, I mean, we basically skipped the seventies and low sixties and like this week, it just, it went down to 60. <laughs> and I was, and you know, and you remember from C2E2, cause it was so cold. I was like, yeah. Oh my God, it is so cold. Oh, I'm it could have been right so now. much worse. <laughs> it was it actually pretty have. mild. Oh, well, oh it could have been remember, like, how cold do your winters get there? You said North Carolina, uh, right? South Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. It, um, so, you know, we will, we get snow once a year, every year. Um, this year it was like early February. Um, and so like every year we, we get at least one snow, it'll be January, February, and sometimes we'll get some snow in December, but like in terms of like, really like, I mean, I guess a 20, like thirties. 30s are like the low low nor on an average year although some of the fluctuates like 20s high like high 20s low 30s which is mild compared to like you know i'm sure where you live <laughs> yeah yeah we get like negative temps like it's yeah been like, like actual temperature like negative 10 and then it gets way gnarlier with wind temperature yes and so and i was doing so i was when um Jesse, Paul, and I were recording yesterday. I was telling you, I was like, you guys, it was so cold. It was only 60 degrees. And they were both laughing because it was 60 degrees because they're both in Philly right now. And uh, they were like, it was beautiful. Paul goes, <laughs> I had a tie my Paul goes, I even had a tie my jacket around my waist. <laughs> I was like, brilliant. you guys are, you guys suck. <laughs> so these would be your co-hosts from the awesome Apple to Oranges podcast. Yes, yeah. They are wonderful, and I'm so not jealous that they're <laughs> hanging out in Philly right now. They um they're going to a mutual friend's wedding. Yeah, in, uh, I, I saw some of those pictures on Facebook. I was really jealous of the cheesesteak sandwiches they're eating. I know that's a typical yeah. fat guy response for you. <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, no, I'm so they recorded together. Like, so they were at Jesse's place, at Jesse's house, and so they recorded together. And no, I totally, I was so happy and not jealous at all. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. So. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And, I mean, this is, I think this is episode 91 of Startcast, And I think I've only done maybe less than six of them, like actual, like same room face to face. Most of them have been over Skype. 
So that would be a different feel, you know, to, to do them in the same room, especially with the type of show that you guys do, you know? Well, apparently at one point, Paul was um, explaining something and then he closed his eyes because I think he said it was weird to have chess right there. <laughs> Like it, we it we got to a little bit of a rough start just because they were both like laughing at how awkward it felt to be like sitting right. there recording <laughs> side by side. So. And then oh uh, Jesse's pets were like, Jesse's pets definitely make a good cameo. Um, and my dog made a cameo too. My dog suddenly started barking in the middle of it, so I don't know what the, what's your wrong dog with is our so animals. cute. What 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 is your dog? He's a Maltese. A Maltese. Oh yeah. <laughs> What's uh, his name? But I, he's this is Ziggy. Ziggy, aw. Mm-hmm. When, I was, Ziggy when I was just a little kid, we had a tomcat, this big, fat, grizzled, scarred tomcat named Ziggy. He was so Aww. cool. He he was the type of uh, tomcat that would come and like leave you dead frogs and dead birds and stuff on the on the doorstep. <laughs> oh my god! No, my one of my best friends, Doug. Um, he had two cats. And um, he, they would go hunting at night, and like every morning, they would show up with some dead yeah. animal, and they were like, and they're so proud. They are. Like, they're I mean, so proud. They're bringing it to yeah. you as like a prize. Like, like, like look what I brought you, dude. Like, you ever, like why wouldn't you saying, be happy to have this severed head? <laughs> he said it's so funny, like, because you know he'll they'll me like, he knows a lot of men like they'll me out at, at the door and. He opens the door and like they've left the dead animal like on the porch. And he's like, just the way they like walk through the door. They're like, sup? <laughs> They're like, going to bed now. Long night. And there's this dead <laughs> thing in front of the door. I'm going to bed now. Long night. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know cats for as cute and cuddly as they look, they really are kind of among the most metal of pets you can get. I mean, what else like brings you corpses as tribute? You know, so like small terriers are actually really like they're they're really vicious towards small animals because that's what they were bred i was gonna say that's what they were bred for right yeah and so like we had a yorkshire terrier like little teacup yorkie she was a nightmare when i was a kid um she was just she was too smart like just (laughs) but and she was just she was mean she was sometimes those little dogs can be shockingly mean i mean this this dog got kicked out of doggy boot camp like she went twice and then the guy came back and was like, I can't, I'm sorry. Like, good luck. And so, um, <laughs> you made a professional was, throw in the towel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he did. Like it, this dog just was insane. And, um, oh, she, funny. and so she, you could tell like when she would play with her toys, like she was so violent with them. And then we, I think she was maybe about three years old. A baby bird fell out of its nest and she just went after it. Oh, and so, like, her thing was, like, she was never fast enough to catch, like, a squirrel or anything. Um, but sometimes she would catch frogs. And then she would literally like, wait like she, wait for baby birds. Like, if she heard, like, birds and could sense it was a nest, like, she'd kind of, like, go, like, hang out. Like, she would wait for, like, the baby birds to fall from right? the nest. <laughs> so, oh yeah, gosh. like, I think those little dogs um, – like, yeah, because one of my best friends, she has a uh, miniature schnauzer and she was out in the yard. She said a few years ago, she's like, I was out in the yard doing like just doing some stuff out there, doing some work out there. And Penny is her dog's name. And she said we were just Penny was out in the yard with me. And then like a bird flew like close to the and then she said Penny just literally jumped up and just grabbed this fucking Whoa. bird. <laughs> and then she goes, oh, my God, what the fuck? 
Right. That is a serious what the fuck moment. You just watch your dog snatch a bird out of the air. What the hell? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, oh, when when I was a kid, we had a border collie. And I remember we, we were out at my mom and dad's cabin once when I was a kid. And it, which it was it was really just like this little kind of like one or two room shack that's up on stilts. And it's like right in like this flood zone right next to a river. It floods down there all the fucking time. The river's actually been slowly chewing into the bank. And so it's like, it's just a matter of decades now before that cabin's in the water. Just gone. Oh my gosh. But a lot of memories. They they bought that in like 83. And so they they bought that when I was, I'm I'm an October baby. So they got it really when I was probably two. And so, like, you know, it's like, I don't really remember a time that we didn't have the cabin. And that's really where my love of the woods began, because I spent so much time, Mm -hmm. you know, it's out there. It's like, if I'm going to entertain myself, it's like, all right, into the woods with (laughs) you. Yeah. But um, but I remember our border collie finding like a a clutch of baby rabbits and he just started eating them. Oh, and no. like I, I still remember the sound of like their soft baby rabbit bones just <laughs> crunching in his mouth as he's just happily just, oh my god, just chewing away on him, and I'm just like in horror, yeah. like oh my god, he just took the head right off of that one, like oh it was, but it, um, you know, <laughs> that's well, that's funny. you know that's what animals do. It's no. it's all protein to them. So it's funny. So like Ziggy this sweet little baby boy um he like he'll like he'll want to chase birds you know or squirrels or frogs but like i know that like if he actually ever caught an animal he would (laughs) it would it it would scare him like he would freak the fuck out like he would just be like he would get so scared and like so um we have like in our apartment complex one of the amenities that there's like this like dog park which is nice. Um, it's just, you know, a little small, like squared off area outside, but it's like the one place you can have the dogs off leash because they can run around, they're contained. And um, a baby bird had fallen into it. And I like remember seeing something and I saw Ziggy walk over to it and I was like, yeah, what is that? And then I realized what it was. And Ziggy kind of, he kind of sniffed it and then was just like, okay. And then he just, then he like went away. Like he knew what it was and it's like, Oh, I chase you. So that, that, that like solidified, like I was like, that's confirmation. This dog <laughs> doesn't actually want to like want chases may chase after these things deep down. Doesn't actually want to. <laughs> we had because a, we had a shit suit. For... It was so easy, right? Yeah. It was like right there. And the dog was just like, yeah, now I'm good. <laughs> We had a Shih Tzu for for years and years. That her name oh, was Emma. Those are so fu- those are so funny. Oh, those she are was so cute. cute. That was that was our so first cute. baby. We got oh. we got her. We got our house in two thousand five, and we got Emma a month later. Oh my gosh! And then we didn't have kids until January two thousand eight. So you know, Emma was our our first child for, for a long oh my time. Gosh. And um. She was, but I would tell her all the time, I'd be like, Emma, you would die in the wild. <laughs> like you have zero instincts, but like we oh, have yeah. these, these big picture windows in our living room that go down to really low to the floor. So the pets love them because they can just walk oh, and just, just be see. standing and just see right out and look at yeah. the sidewalk that's in front of our house. And, you know, Emma would get, 
it was to the point where you could just say, Emma, squirrel. And no matter where she was in the house, she could be dead asleep. She would immediately wake up and start barking and just peel ass to the window (laughs) and just like, just ram her head in between the vertical blinds to be looking out and just doing these like type little barks. And like, we'd always have her hair, her, her haircut really, really short too. And so she always looked just super jacked as a result. And she'd be standing at that window, just like this super, it's like, for a Shih Tzu, she was huge. She was 18 pounds. Oh, wow. Like, if you can imagine yeah. an 18-pound purebred Shih Tzu. They're normally, like, yeah, they're normally, like, Half you know, that. what, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah, she was, yeah, like, a is... mutant. <laughs> she was, like, the Shaquille yeah. O'Neal of, of, of Shih Tzu. Wow. <laughs> but she, I think he's kind of big, too. I think he's big for his breed. She would talk all this mad shit at those picture windows. But I remember one time, this was after after we'd had Aiden. And he was pretty little. Lindsay had taken him for a walk and these two puppies just started following them on their walk. And these puppies followed them all the way home. And so then we were like, oh my God, what do we do with these puppies? And so I like made signs up and put them all over like light poles around town. And then we kept them overnight. Emma was so afraid of those puppies. (laughs) She just sat up on the couch and like drooled to the point where we had to put like a towel under her. It was the weirdest response. Oh my and god! It was like, wow, you talk so much shit, but you're afraid of puppies. Oh my gosh! Uh, she was a good girl, but <laughs> she'd fall for the squirrel thing every time. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hilarious! That's so funny. Oh, yeah, the boys still talk about her, and they'll go over and visit her grave and talk to her every once in a while. It's Aww. really cute. That is cute. Yeah, then. Oh well, that that you know that's the the thing with pets. You know, you, they they're part of the family. And you love them so much, and then they they teach you about loss. You know. That, yeah, that's, that's why um, I don't realities. know. Like the Marley and Me movie. <laughs> like, oh, I refused like, to watch that. I was like, "What? You just want me to cry?" <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. And so, like, because my husband, we, we both like I like I read like I read the book, and the book is actually. I mean, I think books. You know, yeah, of course, the book is always going to be better. Um, but like even just knowing what was going to happen like the movie still made it super sad and then i remember it was maybe about four years ago my husband and i were just flipping channels and like it was on like tbs or something like fx and i don't know why but like it was all like halfway through the movie and i think we just like he like st- we stopped on just for a second right just to watch a little bit of it and then we just watched the rest of it and then we're both like in tears and we're like, why, why did we just do that? Yes. Why did we just like, do this we, to ourselves? We know the ending. Like we both have read the book and we've seen the movie and we've talked about how sad this movie is and how sad the book is. And yet, like number one, like that's like one where like we, you should just instinctively know like, nope, bypass. Like on like when you're flipping channels, like on the little guide thing, you're like, nope, scroll up. So, like, that itself is, like, even if you're going to stop watching a little bit of it, why would you continue to watch the rest? <laughs> you know, watch it all the way to the sad end. You're like, this is so stupid. Why are we so dumb? Oh, gosh. That was, like, when I was a kid, like, I got, like, I watched Old Yeller precisely one time. Oh, God. I was yeah, like, oh, no, yeah. no, no, it's it's too fucking sad. The same with Where the yeah. Red Fern Grows. I loved it until oh. I got to the end. And then I, my God, I such think a I great, even... such a great book too. Oh, it's one of my favorite books as a kid, but yeah, oh, I read it right? the one time. It made me obsessed with getting an, like an, an ax. And then I got to the end of the book and I was like, maybe not. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I was the kid who grew up in the woods. So of course I wanted a hatchet and stuff, right? 
Did you ever watch Friends? Friends? Oh, like, yeah. June, okay, let so, me tell you, my wife and I <laughs> lived on Friends when we had our first apartment because we did not have cable, but we did eventually have all 10 seasons on DVD. You had all the, you had the DVD yes. box set, yes. <laughs> all 10 of them. <laughs> I had that too, and then I uh, gave it. It was part. It was like part of a wedding gift to one of my best friends because she loved Friends too. So, um, but yeah, like the humor. So you know, like Phoebe. That was that great episode where Phoebe's mom, like, had never shown her the sad parts of the movie. So like, she never saw like <laughs> the beginning of Bambi. Yeah, or she didn't know the beginning of Bambi. Like, beginning of Bambi didn't know about, and then didn't know the ending of Old Yeller. <laughs> and she, that is so funny. I forgot about oh that. God. Yes. <laughs> I know. For, for people who talk shit about that show, I'm like, you know, I get it. But at the same time, I don't know if you watched all of it. But I, you know what? Oh, I One watched thing... all of it. I've watched all of it so many times, multiple, multiple times. Oh, so many times. I mean, that was all we watched for like, I think we had that apartment for maybe two years, maybe three years. But the majority of the time we were there, that was, it was that and like, uh, the, 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 at least the first two Harry Potter movies, we would watch uh-huh. those over and over again there. Um, but, oh yeah, we would watch that stuff so much, but, um, it, it got me to the point where I was like, it kind of burned me out on sitcoms though, where I was like, I, I would start watching another sitcom and I'd be like, oh yeah, this reminds me of that episode in friends, which I'm sure yeah, you, know, exactly. you could probably get that same thing watching friends and be like, oh, this reminds me of an episode of, of three's company or something like that, you know, but no, it, it, it is like it there's it was like it was a phenomenon. Actually, I did a rewatch over the summer because of the reunion special that they did. Oh, yeah. What did you think of that? That special? I, you know what? My favorite parts were when they sat around to do the table reads mm-hmm. of past of like certain scenes from past episodes because they hadn't, you know, it's been 30 years since, you know, they or 20 years since they like last did this. Right. Like, so it's one of those like to see them remember what the scene was and then like them just cracking up, like trying to go through the scene again <laughs> was great. Um, it was fun. Oh my gosh. Like, so the, cause they did the, uh, the pivot scene. <laughs> that was a lot of that fun. That was one they did the, some of them, like they did that one. They also, won't see, Oh, the one where, um, Phoebe finds out about Chandler and Monica because they're um, looking right. at the apartment across the uh, alley. And <laughs> they're so, doing it. So they do. So they did that one and that one. That one was good. They also. Oh god! And then the jellyfish one. The, <laughs> yes. So it was just. It was really good to see them do that. And so I like yeah, hearing the little I, behind the scene things too, where where uh, Matt LeBlanc was telling the story about the lines. Uh, written on the table and he erased them just to mess with her (laughs) and about how you know before they would start um you know start the episode they they would have that little space that was kind of in the back of the the apartment set where they'd all huddle together and you know kind of before i I thought those little things were special that is special yeah and then they um they said they're like first year they're like it's almost like being in college you know where you're like basically your dorm mates um because they would eat dinner on set like in like the little like in this little dining room that they had like make you know like and i they did that like the first year i think that they were shooting like they would they had meals together and work together so i thought that was special too like they bonded early yeah though the bond that that cast had was really cool too especially it really showed the way that they negotiated so that they all 
would negotiate mm-hmm. for the same rate so that there wouldn't be any jealousy among them. I think that that is super smart. That, that yeah. they, I think they said David Schwimmer was the one who said, this is what we should do, you know, present yeah. this unified front. And then by the end, you know, they were making a million dollars an episode on that, that last is, season. They, they, cha- I mean, that was, it's like, it was just insane. Like how like that changed the game really. Like in terms of like, salary like for television projects like that's unheard of like that back then you're like you make millions of dollars doing movies not television yeah yeah i mean that game sure has changed over the years right jesus right it's i mean this new upcoming lord of the rings series on amazon aren't they spending like a hundred million an episode or something insane like that this is the one yeah is this the one where the amazon studios it has to be this i can't think of anything else where they um like they put blackout curtains in the writer's room and you have to have a, like they have the thumbprint scan. <laughs> yes. They implemented all this intense security. Like, I it. think it, like I, I, I know there's at least it's either like an eye scan or a thumbprint scan or both. Like, or, or like, it's like one or the other, like, and then like a keypad lock thing. I'm so like, excited for that series. The, and so the, is the it fact that they're putting prequel? that so it's much a prequel. Money, I believe that's it's what it's going to be. Prequel to the Hobbit. Yeah, it it takes place okay. in Middle Earth, somewhere in the Second Age, right? Is is what I think I was was going to be happening. I guess you know it's funny. I like at the I dawn read the of the Hobbit. Second Age, maybe. So have you read those books? Have you read? Oh the yeah, I've books? I've even read the Silmarillion. <gasps> it's it's um, oh, I started rereading Lord of the Rings, and then I got totally derailed by Dune coming out, and now it's like. Now, like, part of my mind's like, where's my still suit? I need to go out in the <laughs> desert. Like, it's bad. <laughs> like, like so I'm fully obsessed in, like, so with Dune again. Sci- so you're in the sci- sci-fi Yeah, right and now. so it's like the part of me is like, dude, you just bought a hardcover of all the Lord of the Rings books all in one volume. And, and I started oh, reading I it. And then it was that. like. Yeah, I, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had one years ago. And then we had a really bad flood in 2008 and lost a whole uh, bunch of and, stuff in our in our house. Yeah. And and yeah, I lost all my Harry Potter books that I'd had back then. Oh. Um, lost all my uh um I lost so many books. I mean, I had like like storage totes, those plastic storage totes that were just yeah. like sitting on the floor in like our one storage room and when and then I had bookshelves in there also. And the bookshelves were those cheap ones that are just, you know, like veneered particle yeah. boards. So as soon as they got wet, they collapsed. Oh, and no. So that's how I lost those. And then I was like, well, maybe the water wasn't high enough to get into these storage totes. And I took the lids off and like they were full to the brim with flood water. Oh, and the books, no. just paperback books just floating in the water. And I'm like, oh, <sighs> that's all trash. Yeah. And so that Lord of the Rings book was one of the ones I lost. I had a really nice hardback edition that Lindsay had got me for Christmas one year. Mm-hmm. I've, yeah, I, I've no, I know people who have that one, like, yeah, where all the three books are in it. Yeah. Yeah. And so anyway, um, my 13 year old has been reading them and he's on the two towers now. And um, I was proud of him too, because it was like his, um, uh, they're, they're homeschooled. And so this was, <laughs> Uh, the first novel he picked out for individual reading, like in the past, he's read a lot like smaller things or when they tackled novels, it was more of like a a group type thing with him and his his brother. And uh, so 
for his first one. He's like, I'm going to do Lord of the Rings. I'm like, you're going to pick Lord of the Rings for the first novels you ever read on your own? I'm like, that's hardcore, dude. I'm all about it. Yeah, he skipped over The Hobbit. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I think I'll read The Hobbit later. But he's like, I read the forward at the beginning of the book, so I get it. (laughs) So it was my so I I read The Hobbit because so I remember I think it was six, six or seven. I think it was seventh grade. We spent like two months on just The Hobbit. Yeah, it was totally like a could. deep dive, deep dive. But the thing is, like, it was eight weeks. Like, we had to read the book, and then we took like tat. We had like different quizzes, tests, essay tests, and then you had to do like group project, individual product, like you know, report, like you know, paper, like writing essays, like doing like this deep dive. And I mean, look, looking back, I, I get that that was like that was really great to start at that age because like learning like critical thinking and reading literature. Yeah. But like at the end of these eight weeks, we are so sick of fucking middle earth. We're like, we don't want to <laughs> be here anymore. We are so tired of Bilbo and, and this fucking like, you know, and even the ring doesn't even factor in that much. Like that's not the main thing. Like yeah, it's the one scene, like even like he shows them, I remember in the book, like, he shows them the ring, right? Like, and they're just like, oh, cool, whatever. Like Gandalf is like, ha, huh, cool. And then like you get, I guess, to the um, Fellowship of the Ring and then it's like this, oh my God, the ring. And it's all dark and brooding. But the book, the Hobbit book, it was just like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, you're just so sick. You're sick of like the, of the dwarves and then like you're like, they're fighting. And then, you know, they won the battle. They defeated the dragon. But then... You know, they're still fighting. You're just sick of it, right? And so when our teacher said, (laughs) I encourage you guys to continue, you know, with Tolkien and, you know, to read, you know, this is the prelude to, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And we were like, fuck that. Like, no, (laughs) like we are so sick of this world. Uh, Honestly, I actually don't, I think any of us who are still in that same class, none of us, if anybody went back, like actually decided to read the books, it was when we were well out of high school. Yeah, probably when the and probably when the movies <laughs> came out. And so like the thing is, what's so funny is I never had any desire. So I didn't. So when they were making, I heard, you know, they're adapting, they're making three movies and, you know, and I, I didn't care. Right. And I never saw Fellowship of the Ring. And then. Oh, you didn't um, like when it first came out or. No, I did not. Went, so when it first came out, like back in 2000 or okay. 1999 and then. We were on vacation um, in Aspen, my family and I, my uh, parents, my sister and I, for Christmas, the, the year that the uh, Two Towers came out. And uh, my sister and I, because like, we, we always go to the same place, we used to go to the same place every year at Christmas. Uh, and so my sister and I, we became friends with some of like the snowboard instructors. So we would hang out with them at night. And so one night they wanted to go see them. They were like, we want, they wanted to go to a movie. And so everyone was like, more, let's go see the two towers. So I kind of got dragged along. Oh, and you hadn't seen the fellowship of the ring. No, but like, you know, I was able, <laughs> I, so what's so funny is like on the way to the theater, like they gave me this, like, really, they're like, so you read the Hobbit and you, I was like, yeah, I, mean, I remember most of it. And then they were like, you they gave me this, like, eight, eight on it, right? <laughs> yeah. But then they like, so they like gave me like a 10 minute, like, this is what happens in the first one. And then, um, so, you know, I mean, I was able to follow the, yeah. And I was able to follow along, um, you know, and so, you know, I, I got it, you know, and I, and the thing is it, it was so good. Right. So then I like went back and I rented Fellowship of the Rings so I could watch that. 
<laughs> when Gandalf shows up in Two Towers where you're like, who the fuck is this guy? No, because I had already, like, people had done the um, the You Shall Not Pass. Yeah, I was going to say, you probably saw the sketch on Saturday Night Live, right? Yes, I saw the sketch on Saturday Night Live, and, like, you know, I, people, like, were, like, I heard the reference everywhere. Yeah, like, yeah, the, no, you, you couldn't escape it. So it was, like, so I knew that, like, so I, yeah, it's one of the, like, I, I knew that going in, so, um. So yeah, no, but I thought it was I thought it was really good. So then I went back and I uh, I still haven't read the the rest of the books. Um, I did not like the the Hobbit movies though. See, I still haven't watched the Hobbit movies because I remember you when they were announced, I was don't. like, I was like, how do you take a book? Granted, it's granted, it's the Hobbit, like the Hobbit, it is a slim book, but it's just like it bounces from like thing to thing to thing. Like for a thin book, there's a lot of shit that happens in that book. Right. Right. I mean, so when you said you spent eight weeks on it, I was like, that's understandable. <laughs> I was like, I bet you could really fucking stretch out the plot of the Hobbit, but could you stretch it out for three movies? And so I was super skeptical. And then well, nobody so, was yeah. like, nobody was like, over the moon about them. And so I was like, I'll watch them at some point, especially they're before bad. this next thing comes out. But they're bad. I, I watched them and they're not, they're not good. Like, and actually it was funny is I saw the first one because the guy I was dating at the time was huge or the, like he was a huge, he read the books, was super into it. So, um, like I remember like for him, um, like back then, like that, this was like maybe 10, yeah, 10, 12, or probably more like 12 years ago when they do midnight showings on Friday, they were actually like at midnight. Like they don't, they didn't do like the, um, it releases on Friday, but like we will have showings on Thursday night at like seven o'clock or something. Like so, it was actual midnight. So we, I went with him on midnight to the op- like to to the first Hobbit movie, and we were both like it wasn't very good. But then I heard how bad the second one was, and I just out of morbid curiosity was like, all right, I'm gonna have to watch this. <laughs> and um, it, it, to me, I, yeah, they definitely they stretch things out a lot, and then they threw in a bunch of stuff i guess from the cimmerillion like all the like other mythology Ah, they threw in other characters um that are definitely not in the hobbit like um saruman is not in the hobbit you know in the book yeah but he is in the movies yeah like you there's um because there's a point where gandalf like leaves the band like leaves the the group so they show what he's doing. Oh, okay, okay. So he's meeting with Gla- oh, Gladriel. Like, yeah, I think there's like he has a meeting with Gladriel and Saruman. And yeah, I remember the Silmarillion being really, really weird to read because it's not. It doesn't read like a book. It reads it's an encyclopedia. Like, yeah, right? it, it reads it like is? an encyclopedia, or really, it, it reads like a really big collection of like well collated notes. Exactly. I've heard that it's technically it's like it's not a novel it's 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 like an appendices like it's almost like yes an appendices is the perfect way to describe it they had to create a whole book as an appendices to the you know the lord of the rings trilogy so like i mean legolas is not in the hobbit book but he is in the movies yeah i'd heard that i'd heard that that the legolas made it into the the hobbit movies i was like well that's interesting Mm -hmm. yeah so he um I'll get them watched at some point, but there's just so much he, content out there. 
you know. It's just weird stuff that I'm like, this is just really odd because I guess there's um another elf who was played by Evangeline Lilly. I don't remember the character's name, but like she like I guess Orlando Bloom is in love with her, but she, you know, it's like unreciprocated like love. And then I forget what it is, but like she she kind of has a flirtation, like she like the flirtation one of the dwarves. So there's like this weird thing where like Legolas is like jealous. And it's just, it was odd. I was like, I don't understand why this is in this. <laughs> she likes her men like a little teapot. Short exactly. Style. It was just odd. <laughs> like they, so they had, it was just weird, like all around weird. <laughs> Cause okay. And it's been a while since I read the Hobbit, but like in the book, do they, do the, el- like, do the elves like try to, do they come like fight Thorin? Like, you know, when he's, hold up in the castle see it's been a long time since i read the hobbit um i've read the lord of the rings more than i've read the hobbit i think i only read the hobbit once and i was like all right that's enough of that (laughs) because i think i almost looked at like the hobbit like okay the hobbit is the children's book and the lord of the rings is the book for adults is is kind of how i looked at it when i was a kid because the hobbit kind of reads like a kid's book it does. Yeah, because you know what there were I mean, and they so they try so they did things to make it darker, right? Like they the white orc is like the, the main bad dude. Hmm. See, what I remember from it, I remember the the Gandalf shows up at Bilbo's house, tells him that he's gonna have some guests, and eventually like a whole bunch of different dwarves show up, and then Bilbo's more or less forced to go out on this adventure with them and they're wanting to go to Lonely Mountain, right? And so yeah. they have all these adventures along the way. And I remember there's the 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 trolls or whatever they are that that they're trying to decide how they're going to cook them. And so Bilbo oh, kind of confuses them until they, yeah. you know, the sun comes up and turns them to stone. I remember there's a part where they go in the woods and there's all these spiders that are like putting the dwarves like in cocoons and Bilbo saves them all. Yeah. Uh, they get to Rivendell and they have to escape by like going in some barrels in the river. Or that's like right. That. That's right. Yeah. They hide in the wine caskets. So, um, and that's where you, that's where Legolas shows up in the picture. Yeah. And somewhere in, the in there, they go under some mountain and that's where Bilbo has the riddle contest with Smeagol and, or with Gollum and, and gets the, you know, finds the ring and then escapes. And I remember they eventually get to the Lonely Mountain and that's where, Bilbo has to kind of like trick Smog, or he goes and talks with him a bunch, and then Smog reveals to him like, "Oh, I'm Almighty, but you know, except for this one spot right here." Yo, and then eventually, like, yeah. someone tells. I think it's like Bard is his name, maybe yes. who's like a human that's in Lake Town. Like, yes, a, a, and that like was a, played by Luke Evans. That he was Luke okay. Evans played him. Okay, so he makes it in the movie, and then I think like in the battle where Smog is ravaging Lake Town, like a bird whispers into Bard's ear. You know, like, hey, this—that's where this weak spot is. And so he has the arrow, and he shoots the arrow. And, into, yeah, uh, and, and then the dwarves are kind of being dicks and being like, "Nah, we're gonna come out." And the people of Lake Town are like, "You know, hey, some of that money in there is ours." And I remember there's some drama with that. And then eventually, Bilbo makes it back home and then talks about he's gonna write his book. Yeah, exactly. And like the ring, like that's what I'm saying. Like it's just funny because like if you read read out and then you go in Lord of the Rings, suddenly like the ring is this ominous thing, right? Like Gandalf is so scared of it. Yeah. And it's just like a, like a, like a fun time trinket (laughs) in the Hobbit, you know, he's using it like it's a party favor. Yeah. Like there's no, like it doesn't whisper dark words at you. And I think it's because Sauron hasn't awoken yet. 
and and that's why the ring is is not because you know immediately when Frodo puts it on, you know Sauron's eye is like seeing him. Right, but I guess did could because doesn't Bilbo put it on in the Hobbit to escape? That's how he gets. Oh, he puts it on invisible. a bunch, but I think since so, Sauron's yeah. not hasn't been like reawoken or whatever, that's yeah. why he's able to to do it kind of more or less consequence free, even though it you know it does extend his life and all that. Yeah, stuff. Sauron is he's a presence. Like basically, it's like he's pulling the strings. Yeah, it's kind of like movies. Voldemort before he's come back, right? Yeah, yeah, but like in the Hobbit movie, so like yeah, but in the book, like there's no indication of this like dark overlord god thing, you know. <laughs> like you don't have any of that in the book, so it's just interesting. They they were trying to make the tone of the movies darker. Oh yeah, it just didn't work. And then Benedict, I forgot Benedict Cumberbatch did the voice of Smog. That's right. But it was that's why the everyone talked about how bad the second one was because that's the one that he's like. Yeah, because that's the the battle with the dragon is in the second Hobbit movie, and like, but they distorted his voice, and it was like with this weird, like, like kind of synthy thing almost. It was just so stupid. Hmm, that's unfortunate, like, especially considering yeah. all the good choices that he made when doing Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's why. Like, I think there were such high expectations because it's like. I mean, I, I know like people were like a little skeptical, like how are you gonna stretch the Hobbit in the three books? And then like, but the, the original trilogy is so good, Peter Jackson. Yeah. Yeah, Jake said it really well on on PCL when he said that the that first Lord of the Rings movie did a really good job at just taking what needed to be taken from those very dense source material and translating it into film and still having it be you know, faithful to the source material, but it's just there what's needed, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel, have you seen the new Dune movie? No, I haven't. Um, I'm not a big sci-fi person. Um, oh, Dune will definitely miss for you then. <laughs> it's like high, yeah, <laughs> high sci-fi, I just, high um, concept. Yeah. I, I'm not a big sci-fi person. Like there's, um, there's a Apple plus original show, uh, foundation is based on the isaac asimov books and um it just it, it's like the but all three of us just bailed like after the like paul didn't even make it through the first episode oh really see i i have not um i need to i don't know i need i've been kicking around the whole i get an an apple plus subscription because i was using oh. the friends for a little bit and then uh-huh. and then it like logged itself out and so I just haven't texted him back yet to bug him about it. And so I'm like, well, it's $5 yeah. a month. Maybe I should just get it. Because there are all these different shows on Apple Plus that I want to watch. There, there and are that was really, one of them. Really Foundation was one of them. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the thing is, like, I think, like, you know what? Like, Brian is loving it. Um, Brian yelled at us because uh, we did a Patreon episode with him earlier this week. Oh, my and he yelled at us. <laughs> yeah, he yelled at us for uh, not liking Foundation. Um you know, yeah, but because there's a show, I remember I reviewed it on PCL because I watched the first episode. Um, I forgot the name of it, but it was an HBO Max original that came out in the spring. Um, was it Raised by Wolves? Yes, that's what it was. And I, like, I think, because Winkler was on that one. So I think the, those three, I think they all, like, Tupperware. And I was like, I, this, this is the toss it. 
I was like, I did not. <laughs> you probably like will this. not like Dune then. <laughs> yeah, so I don't. I'm not planning on watching it. So, although I guess people are, I, people are very, they're pleasantly like surprised and happy about it. I've been really excited to read that reaction online. I've been a fan of of Dune for like over half my life. <laughs> like like I I discovered it in high school and. And yeah, I've I've loved it ever since. Didn't like the David Lynch film from '84. Wasn't the biggest fan of that. But yeah, my husband when he saw the preview, he didn't know. Like I think it was just um, oh because we were um, watching something on on HBO Max, and so like they threw in a preview of Dune, ah. like before we were like because we were watching Succession, and um, they um, and then he was like, didn't they do that already? Didn't they already? He's like, <laughs> he was like, times. he's like, is it? He goes, is that, he's like, you mean like the book, the Dune, like the book? And I said, yeah. And he was like, they did that. He was like, it was really bad. It was really bad. <laughs> Which, I don't know. Just, I mean, I love David Lynch, but. I, I want to re like what you were talking about with morbid curiosity earlier. I want to revisit uh-huh. it for the same reason where I'm like, okay, it has been maybe 15 years since the last time I watched it. I have it on DVD. I know right where it's at. Wow. <laughs> I could watch it. And then I also have the, the 2000 miniseries on DVD. That's the director's cut. That's like five hours long. Oh, what was the miniseries on? That what, was on sci-fi. Uh, oh, okay. And that one sticks yeah. to the novel a lot better than the David Lynch one. But the, the production, I mean, it's a sci-fi made for, for yeah, TV on, movie. On the sci-fi and, channel. Yeah, and like the the costume design in it is like straight up whack. Uh, the the set design in it is 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 pretty decent. Um, you can tell like a lot of the backgrounds are just like painted murals and stuff in a lot of different oh, scenes. Um, some of the acting in it is 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 okay, and some of it is just downright campy. But in terms of just like telling you the story of Dune like on the the screen, it does a very very admirable job. Uh, the the new one the the Denis Villeneuve one is it's it's just high concept sci-fi and he really went for it but he's also not giving you a lot of the 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 extra details from the book because the book has all these different themes incorporated in it. and this new one is you know he trimmed all that out and he's just giving you the basic story that that I, and I feel like he did it in such a way that these people who are really loving it and who are into mm-hmm. it, hopefully it's going to steer them towards the novel and then they'll read the novel and then rewatch the movie and have all these moments in the movie where they're like, Oh, Oh, see, that's the way. Yeah. I think that's, that's, I know adaptations of, you know, literature, it's, they're difficult, right? It's like, how much do you. Yeah. Well, like, especially with Dune because they, it gives the characters like inner monologue constantly. Where it's like you'll be reading and it'll be text, and then all of a sudden there'll be a bunch of italicized text, and it's all what's just going on in the character's head. Oh, and so it yeah. really paints a really lush picture in the story because it's like you're getting the description of everything that's going on, and then you also know exactly what this character's thinking and and why they're doing the things that they're doing right on the spot. And it's just, it's it's I I, I love it. <laughs> like that's, I said, I'm like super obsessed again now. That's that, that's a hard thing to do though. Like when you have. Like the Hunger Games, like the Hunger Games books, like it's all like first person point of view from the main character Katniss. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I heard they were making a movie out of it, I was like, that that's going to be difficult. 
like yeah because they'll have to write some scenes from whole cloth just to make it work in a, as a movie yeah and so but you know what they did like because yeah like all three books it is entirely from her point of view like i mean it's like you're with her every step of the way so then um so i thought and then like you know especially in the first hiring Games movie like for the when her name start, like she's working alone. So she's like not even interacting with like another character. She's just on her own. And in the book, you know, during those scenes, like she's just, you, they use those moments in the book, like when she's alone to like give backstory of like mm-hmm. this society, you know, like she's like, cause something that she comes across reminds her. And then like, you know, and then it, it explains. Yep. And then she yep. explains like something, and I'm like, how are they going to do that in a movie? Um, but they they do it in a uh, because you know it's like a reality show, and so what they did was smart. Was a lot of times they would kind of cut back, so like you're watching it through the TV screen. So like when she comes across something, you'll suddenly it'll be like sports commentators. And they would be like, ah, yes, like that, that little bug is this kind of bug. And, you know, and then like the commentators go into the history of it. Hmm. So that was, it was interesting how they did that. So are those movies worth watching? So the first two, the second one is definitely the best of the, uh, of them. The third book, they split into four, they split into two, two movies. So it's four movies all together. I think by that point, you know, that was after Jennifer uh, Lawrence, you know, she'd won her Oscar. You know, like, like excuse me, but, you know, I guess she was, con- you know, she was contractually tied to not just Hargreaves, but also X-Men. Yeah. So was it kind of more of that same thing that happened with X-Men? Kind of where... phoned, a little phoned in. It was more like we made this because I have to. <laughs> sort of feeling that's kind of what it felt like yeah well did they did they do a bunch of weird stuff with the writing then also to i i feel like Um, with with x-men like after after she blew up it's like they were like okay how do we make mystique the center of the x-men it's like i don't know if she's ever been the center of the x-men fellas this was dark (laughs) phoenix right was that is that the move is yeah, that what Dark was? Phoenix was rough. Oh, that was awful. That was so garbage. It was so much garbage, that movie. Same with Apocalypse. That one also sucked. That one was terrible, too. Oh, but the thing is, with Dark Phoenix, like, I'm sorry, but both Jennifer Lawrence and Michael Fassbender, they might as well have been, like, carrying signs that said, I am contractually and legally obligated to be here <laughs> because you, it was just obvious. Like those two, it wasn't, it wasn't even, they didn't even put minimum effort in. They just, they, they were just like, I am here. I am physically here. So you will just take what you get. It's, like, it's wild because the performances they put in, in first class and days of future past were oh, so compelling. So, so good. And even, you know, like in apocalypse, at least for Michael Fassbender, you know, at least for Magneto, like you do have a lot of like pathos there. And like, I think he was emotionally invested at least in the care of Michael Fassbender. I think for that, cause that's a pretty, that's a pretty tragic one for Magneto with the thing with his like new family, like his new wife and daughter. Yeah. And like yeah, how he like on actually, that, like, he's got like he a turned away started, from it. Right. Where it's like, yeah, well, like, yeah, like he he works like construction, 
and uh but he like he, he no one knows he goes to this like small remote town in like montana or something and works construction and isn't using his mutant powers like just doesn't want to do that anymore and so you do have a lot of that um general, i think by that point too general lawrence was she was already kind of phoning it in and then by the time they get to dark phoenix they're both like i don't want to be here this is a one take thing all right like this is just it. Like I'm here. I'm here. Cause I have to be, let's do this and then move on. Man, if I had Magneto's power, like it would be pretty easy to make money in a legit way. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And even in construction, be like, okay, how much does it cost to buy and operate a crane? I'm going to charge you just under that for me to stand here and do it with my mental powers. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God. <laughs> crane operators union all up his ass. <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, you just be like in two seconds, just wave your hand and then like the beams just go together and you're like, all right, good. (laughs) Do you ever have ridiculous thoughts like that? Where like, like, I always think of it like when I'm traveling where I'm like, you know, teleportation would be really fucking sweet (laughs) to just be like, uh, now I'm there. Yes. I do this every time I fly somewhere. (laughs) I bet. Do you fly very often? I mean, last yeah, I couple did. years, notwithstanding. Yeah, no, actually, I do fly a lot. You know, my sister lives in um, Chicago, so I do try to see her um, for a while for work. Um, I was having to travel a lot, so like, and then my husband loves to. He loves take going. He loves to travel anyway. So like, we, I guess, before COVID, at least once a year, we would go somewhere, and it would it would involve flying. But um, for us, though, because we're in Greenville, South Carolina, like we don't have very many direct flights to places. So, um, like we have direct flights to like certain, like to certain big cities. Um, but like you're almost always going to have to connect in Atlanta, especially if you're <laughs> yeah. flying Delta, especially cause, and we usually fly Delta because we have the Delta sky miles. Like we have the American express card. Okay. Um, so, um, which, Okay, here's this is bullshit. So he just upgraded the American Express card. Um, I didn't realize. So there's like a purple color, like because we had the platinum one, and so like now he's purple. But he has the purple one. I don't. Um, I'm still, I guess, the platinum or whatever. But like he gets access to like the Delta Lounge and stuff, like the Sky Lounge and everything. Oh, but you don't. <laughs> no, but like I I do with him. Oh, okay, I gotcha. But the thing is, like, it's the same account, though. Oh, so if you're flying by yourself, then you don't have access to it. Exactly, because because <laughs> I still am on the because my card in the account is still under the platinum thing. So I was like, that's bullshit. Fucking sneaky. Because American he was talking Express. about, well, he's talking about like all these perks and whatever that come with the purple. Because like, he's like, He'd got an email, I guess, from American Express about, like, upgrading to this purple card. I didn't know it was a purple card. And so he, like, read. And, like, there are, like, he gets – and then I think if you spend a certain amount in the first, like, month or something, they would give you, like, 50,000, like, Sky Miles. I mean, it was, like, a really good – like, it was the, the perks and everything, but, like, the perks only applied to him. Yeah, of course, right? <laughs> yes, and then this okay, but this is what I, this is such a petty. This is like first world problems, right? Separate from the box. So, like my my card, fancy it, card won't let me into the fancy bar. God, no. So 
our card like expired in December. So we got issued new ones with like a new account number. And then he upgraded, you know, his card to the purple one. And he was kind of like, it's really not worth it. He's like, honestly, like when do you not fly with me? Like there's, there's no point of paying the annual fee for the purple card for two of us. And so, and which makes sense. That's why I didn't upgrade. He's like, it just doesn't make sense for both of us to upgrade and pay for both of us to pay the extra fees. So, um, like, um, but then anyway, so we had, we got new cards when our, you know, card expired in December. And then like two months later, my husband upgraded the purple card. And then I got sent a new card with another number on it. And I called American Express and they're like, oh yeah, because your husband upgraded, like everyone gets issued a new card. So then like all the, I had already changed like all the stuff, you know, that I have like to auto pay from <laughs> right. that card. I was like, oh, shit, so then I'm like, so update like all I, that. I just did all that. Right. So they had to go back and do it again. Like a couple months later, <laughs> I was kind of, I was really irritated. <laughs> but yeah. And then I don't get to use any of his parts. And I get to use his parts with him. That is like, some first world shit. <laughs> I know, but still. But still, I mean, like, when you live in the first world, it's like, it's a first world problem. But hey, it's the yeah. problem I'm dealing with right now. <laughs> I know. It's so, I am not as bad as the people on the show Succession, so. You know, I keep hearing all these things about this show, and I've yet to it hear is, a single bad thing about it, but I've never jumped on it. No, you should. It is, it's it's the best, like, prestige drama right now. Um. Because it's a drama. It's it's funny, and um, you know, two like so. It's one of the the producers are um, Will Ferrell and Adam McKay. Oh, how about that? Yeah, and um, so it's funny. It, it, the thing is, like on this show, like you don't you, every single character, like every character. There's not a single good person like on this show. Like everyone is a piece of shit <laughs> like because they're all like i mean this is like the uber wealthy like the unimaginably wealthy like it's, it's loosely based on like i don't even want to say based on it, it's inspired by like the murdochs um like uh rupert murdoch okay and his little like media empire so like this family in succession the roys they you know own this like media conglomerate and you know part of it is this uh conservative news network like fox news and so but real i mean and and there are some other similarities but it's not like directly based on them but these are just people who live in the stratosphere you know of the world that like no one can touch oh yeah there's a certain level of wealth that it just gets mind-blowing it is and then like you see like and I think this is true even for like the uber wealthy, like those, I, a lot of times you get to that position because you will do anything and everything because your desire for that wealth and power, right? Like you, you do whatever you can to get the wealth and power. And the thing is, it's like you have the wealth and power, but it's like you, it's like a, you, you're not satisfied, that's what it has to come down to, right? It's You're just not this... satisfied, but there's no more wealth and power to amass, right? So then it just, be, so then it just, it becomes like this. I mean, I think a lot of these like family owned media, like, I think a lot of times, maybe not to the extent they do in succession, but like you probably have some inner family like turmoil. Oh, without a doubt, right? 
so basically everyone is dicking each other on the show because it's you have like the chairman and the CEO played by Brian Cox, who is wonderful. Um, and I didn't realize this till very recently is that um, he's striker in the X-Men movies. Yeah. I didn't know that. And that, or I knew that, but then I like, haven't, I haven't seen those movies in a while. And then oh, I was like, Oh my God. He's just one of those actors that you've seen him in so many things. He's so good. Yeah. He's so, he's fantastic in this. And like, he's 80 years old and, it, the whole thing is like he's going to step down who's taking over the company and he has four kids and everybody just backstabs each other like in a single episode like people backstab each other probably about four or five times per episode jeez oh, like nobody and thing is nobody is good like there's not a single good person like they're all honestly just pieces of shit and so you're not rooting for anybody. Honestly, like you don't want anybody to succeed. You're not on anyone's side, but, and I really, honestly, I, I, I could care. I couldn't care less. Like who actually takes over this company at the end? Like who actually gets to win the spot? I don't care about that. I don't even care about the story. I just like watching the dysfunction. The show is just this like <laughs> soapy, crazy dysfunction. It's just, just makes for compelling and drama. It is. Like, and, and it's just, and the, the dialogue is, it's snappy and it's smart. I mean, I mean, Kieran Culkin is so good in this. He's so fantastic. He's like, the, he's <laughs> like the funniest Scott Pilgrim. One. He is so great. And the thing is like, at least if you want to say like someone, I guess one of the realest characters he is just because he makes no, he doesn't pretend to be anyone. He's not. Like, he's like, I'm an asshole and I'm immature. You know, I have a sense of humor of a 13 year old and whatever. So it's like, you're an asshole, but at least you're upfront about it. <laughs> so I guess, like, he's the most likable person just because it's at least he's honest about that. Like, he just says whatever. And he, like, and then he has like no filter. And so he just blurts things out. It's just, he's got some of the best lines. So yeah, I would, I would definitely wreck. I think you would love it. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's, I've been interested in checking it out. And again, it comes down to one of those things of shit. I just need to have the time to watch more TV. I know I've now that we're doing this Apple plus thing, like trying to watch all the stuff on that, but, um, and what's then, your favorite thing on Apple plus stuff. right now? Um, you know what? I mean, Ted Lasso, I got halfway through the second season, so I, I, I need to see how that pans out, but it wasn't I, looking good for Nate, and kind of from what I've read online, it sounds like he's continuing to be an ass, maybe, so. Yeah, so I think for me, the second season, I think for at, toward, at the end of it, like, I'm fine with, like, where things ended up, right? Like, I think for me, though, my problem with the season two as an entirety is that it's how we got, you know, there that I thought was a little wonky. And so um, I, just, I, it I think I'll wasn't know better as, what you mean after I watch. Yeah, it's just more like, so again, like, I mean, honestly, like, where these characters end up, I'm like, I have no problem with like where the story ended up at the end of season two. Just in terms of looking at the whole season, like in its entirety, I just, I think the journey of how we got to these places was just kind of wonky. And I think some of it was kind of forced. And um, that first season, you know, just was so 
it was almost like effortless, like how smoothly, like everything progressed. Like everything felt very organic in the first season. I think with season yeah. two, I think there was a little bit more heavy handedness. I think some things were a little more for, or it things felt a little more forced. Do you think that was maybe and a I, result of the first season being so popular? Because didn't they no, didn't they kind of shuffle in two extra episodes that are so and yeah they did and I guess when they were like Apple said no but now we want twelve and not ten episodes the writers they all just they were trying to figure out like they're like either we can like try to maybe do because they had already written the ten episode and like do we like insert these in the season so they're just continuations of the story. Or are they, should they be like filler or standoffs or like standalones? And so they decided to do two like standalones within the season. One of them were the first, like one of them worked. I saw the Christmas one. I thought that one was pretty Christ- good. That one was great, actually. I There were so many things in that one that I thought like were just hilarious. Um, the other one, I don't know. So the, 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 the second one is the coach. It's the coach beard standalone where you follow coach beard around. Like that, that sounds one, interesting. He's a weird character. It, it, it and so this is to, so it's completely because of that. It's completely tonally like off. Like at least the <laughs> Christmas episode, right? Like it, it's still consistent with like the way the show is. Yeah, it doesn't do anything to the plot itself. Like it is its own thing, but it is still very like Ted Lasso. Like the Coach Beard episode is not is different. Like very different, and you kind of throw that. You know, I think that was like episode seven or eight. So you kind of throw it in the middle of the season. And then so it was just, it was like, that was like, that one felt like a true, true break in between like the epi- the two episodes around it. So it was a weird one. I wasn't a fan of the Coach B. A lot. That one, people are divided on that one, I've seen. <laughs> as soon as you said it was off tonally, I was like, oh, I can totally see how that would probably because it's like he's great as like a part you know of of the episodes but really i mean i watched that show for i i love so many of the sporting characters but really i'm watching it for ted you know yeah but i do love a lot of the sporting characters i i love roy kent's sense of humor he's so roy fucking kent's my funny favorite. he's my number one character on the whole thing <laughs> i think he's my I number one character wonderful. too but but it's it's I like. I don't know if I would want to watch an entire show about Roy Kent, though. You know, it's no. I I I like Roy because I like the way he interacts with <laughs> with Ted, but I also like the like the 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 episode where he accepts being coach in in second season, and like he's trying to get there, and they're like not oh, the, letting the him in. Oh, the rom com thing, yes. <laughs> and then he goes and gets the ticket for what is it, Dolly Parton or something like that. Yes, because he always leaves them like yeah, Ted always leaves them for like he puts them under um female country singers. <laughs> and and then they, he gives him the ticket and they're like, here you go, and he's like, fuck off. And he's like, it is you. <laughs> so I guess so funny. have you have you seen the one where they play um Man City? Uh is that in the first season? No, second season. Okay. Um, I got about halfway through the second season. So if it's in the first half, then yeah, I saw it. Okay. So that one's probably the best one. Um, it's the one where um, where Roy's niece Phoebe gets in trouble for cursing. 
Maybe I didn't see that one yet. Oh, okay. No, there's some great Royce in that because he's talking <laughs> to her teacher and then she's like, she's been cursing and Roy's like, and then the teacher asks them, she's like, any idea where she gets that from? And Roy honestly is like, he shakes his head. He's like, I don't have any idea. And the teacher just kind of looks at him. <laughs> and then he like, is so surprised. He was like, me? He was like, it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, he, and then he immediately goes, fuck. <laughs> it's just, no, that's the, there's some great Roy stuff in that one. So that's my favorite episode, I think, of the season, of season two. It's um, the one, yeah, the one where Phoebe gets in trouble for cursing. That's, that's a great one all around. The third episode of season one where they go to that school and Roy's given the, the speech in front of all yes. the kids. He's like, let's go out on the pitch and have a proper fuck about it. Eh? Yes. <laughs> Or when he coaches them in the first episode of this season. Yes, where he's the coach and he's being all hardcore. Yes, but they love it. Yeah, the little girls love it. It's so it's so adorable. <laughs> that and show just Phoebe is so great. And then she, Phoebe has a notebook where she, like, because he owes her a dollar every time he curses. And so she, has a, she keeps the notebook and she tallies it up. <laughs> it's like up in the thousands or something like that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, this show's been fantastic. I've heard that For All Mankind is very good, and, yes, and I've been... that's actually really good, too, yes. So that that's a, a major reason that it... I, I, yeah. It's like, I, I keep going back and forth between, do I want to do I want to make my monthly budget that much higher when I'm already talking about how there's already the, all these shows that I don't have time to watch yet, but it's like, oh, I have to see how Ted Lasso finishes. No, yeah, and then... um. I think we've talked about this. If if you like Ted Lasso, Trying is another great one. Yes, um, Paul was telling me about the, the last time he was really on. It's really cute. Very cute show. Um, and then Mythic Quest. The oh, Rob yeah, Mythic Quest Hennig. sounded really good. I remember hearing some of you guys' episodes where you were talking about that and, that, and thinking that that it, show sounded great. It was so good. And what's funny is, like, I think some people might initially, when they you hear about what the show is, they think it's about gaming, but it's not. It, it's a workplace. It's a workplace comedy. The workplace is a gaming company. And they make like a world. And the game they're making that they make is a, it's a World of Warcraft type of thing. So and so it's just the people who work at this gaming company. Like you don't really need to know a lot about gaming to, to be into it. Yeah. Just like I don't really need to know anything about soccer to watch Ted Lasso, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so no, Mid the Quest is great. Um and because it's you know, Rob McElhenney, you know, stars in it and you know, he's one of the co creators, one of the writers, um, and I think he's directed some of the episodes, but like he's doing this with his partners from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. So Charlie Day is one of the producers, and I think Megan Gantz, I think, is one of the other ones on It's Always Sunny. So, yeah, like they – so it's the same people who are doing It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia doing this show. That's one of those shows that I've always heard really good things about, and it's been in my blind spot forever. I've never seen a single episode of It's Always Sunny. I've seen a few of them. That's a, See, that's another one where um, – it's every no one's a good person like everyone sucks that's what i've heard <laughs> but like they're funny and so you know you, you, they're ta- but it's but you can't watch it's I, I can only watch a few a couple episodes here and there because mm, yeah, just everyone gotcha. is so depraved that at some point you're just like oh my god <laughs> yeah i know what you mean about that hmm so, 
Uh, before oh. we started recording, we were talking and you said, you told me something that blew my mind. You said we were in college. <laughs> You followed fish around for a while. Yes, in college, <laughs> and then actually a little bit after post college, I did. Um, so, what, like, what what was your introduction? Like, what was the what was the thing that set you off listening to it? And then the thing you were like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go on the road and check these guys out. Uh, this is so silly, but I started listening to fish <laughs> because a guy in high school, actually, in like the like mid nineties, because like the guy I had a crush on was into like. That's how I actually started of with course, little, right? yeah, yeah, fish. <laughs> but then, um, because I had actually already been listening to the Dave Matthews Band because my sister, um, when she was at college in the early '90s, she was at Duke, and like back then, before Dave Matthews became big, he would just tour college campuses, you know, and just kind of set up shot, you know, in the quad or whatever. So like he would play there, and um. So she had like demos and stuff from like the little shows that he would put out. So I started listening to them like really early. And so Dave Matthews is like the gateway to jam band world. You know, like it's a little more commercial, but in, the, in his live shows, they he does do like the jam bandy stuff where I'll go into improvisation and everything. So um, anyway, the guy I had a crush on that, we were talking Dave Matthews and then, uh, you told me like, oh yeah, if you like math, you should listen to Fish. And then you like widespread panic. Well, widespread panic I knew about because I'm from Georgia and they're an Athens band. So that's how I started listening to them. But then I really liked them. Then I like basically followed them around for like two years after I got from college. How many of their and, shows uh, do you think would, you've seen? Oh god, I saw. Um, I mean, not no, not a whole. Probably probably about ten. That's quite a few. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, because their last year, like when, okay. Cause they, so in like 2000, I think it was like 2000, they took a hiatus and, um, but they were like, that was just like, Hey, we're just taking a break. We kind of each want to do our solo projects and, you know, whatever. And it didn't cause any disruption in the fish community. Like no one was freaked out about it. Um, I mean, they were like, yeah, we're, we're, you know, we'll come back together. We can take like a year or two doing our own thing. So then in like 2004, Trey Anastasia like is on Charlie Rose and he's like, of course, crying and he's like, we're in, we're done. Like this, we're breaking up. Like we're like, this will be our last tour. And he's like crying. And, it, it was, and so like, it was definite. Like, no, they're like, this is not the hiatus. Like we are done, done, done. And so that summer, we went to um they had they they did this tour and we kinda I followed we followed up the East Coast to their very to the very last show, which was like this two or three day long festival in Coventry, Vermont. You know, the band is based out of Vermont. And so there was this huge torrential downpour the week going into this like last festival thing in Vermont. So the fairgrounds where everyone was gonna be camping going to the concert was completely like had flooded. So not everyone could like actually go into the concert site. Um, we ended up parking and camping out in the, basically the playground of like this Catholic school, Catholic church. Nice. They were very cool, but like people were just kind of setting up shop wherever. <laughs> like, they're like, like then, little vendors around and stuff too. Like, Oh, scrambled oh, yeah, eggs and shit like, like that. Son, yeah. Oh That's yeah. So and wild. so, um, it was like, and I think where this like Catholic school was like, it was 
like you you try to find places as close to the concert site as possible so you could walk to it so i think we were maybe like half a mile away from the concert site but even when you get to the concert site like it was just just mud i mean just it was disgusting and i am not an outdoor person i don't like camping but i did this for <laughs> three days just sloshing around in mud i mean and it was just it was the circuses were a nightmare and they did like they did so many things like they cried you know like you mentioned um what was the song that you mentioned? I just lost the name of it. Um, I remember friend Jeff Seat. telling me, yeah, that they were crying waiting, while they were playing They were Wade crying during Waiting in the Velvet Sea, which is a beautiful song. Beautiful song. Very sad song. But it's... Very sad song. But very, very... It's like one of those songs where it's like, it's sad, but at the same time, it's it's also kind of like... Comforting. It's, yeah. It's, 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 it's one of those ones where it's like, every time I listen to it, it's like, it kind of makes me want to cry, but it also makes me really happy at the same time. It's, yes. it's weird to explain. It's, it's like a weird comfort. Yeah. And so that, you know, it was super sad. And then that song, Wilson, they were like, when they were about to I play, like, let us, they, 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 they <laughs> let us say, help us say goodbye to Wilson. And, and then they punch gave you in the eye did. lizards. I, I love all those, Oh, all those weird songs he did from that. Cause didn't he do that but, album? It's like a college it was his, it was from his dissertation. Yeah, it was like his dissertation. He wrote like this for his creative writing. This, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking weird. The songs are the oh, lizard song are. is super interesting though. Oh yeah. They're so weird. And uh but then like the song Yem, like they do on um, when they when they play live, they had the trampolines that they do the coordinated like little dance thing to. They gave those away to the crowd. Oh wow. Like, so they did all these things that were like, it's final, right? And I honestly, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go through what I went through to go watch these shows in the mud and the, just having to shut up shop and the playground of a Catholic school. It, it was just like, to do all of that, like, you need to be done, done, right? Oh no, guess what people, people are like, yeah, but they're back together. Yeah, I know they're back together. And I was pissed when I heard that news. <laughs> I was not happy for them at all. So, I was so fucking angry. I was like, I, I, I can I, what I went through to go see you and the, the, the Coventry shows because you said you were done. <laughs> oh, I was so mad. So I've not gone back to a show since, but oh, I was so pissed. <laughs> and I don't know if I have the tolerance anymore for, um, basically the song that goes on for 20 minutes like <laughs> now that i'm older i'm kind of like oh gosh i don't know now the other day uh uh aiden my 13 year old was in the car with me and i played the lizards and he listened to the beginning of it and he's like well this is pretty cool and then like you know it gets to the point where it's is like this okay, the same song <laughs> the, the song's kind of like over but there's still gonna be like another 20 minutes of it it was like the yes. live at madison the live at Madison Square Gardens album, maybe it was the 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 version of the lizards I was playing for him, and I was like, and this that goes on cool. for like another eighteen minutes, and he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, it's a jam band, it's what they do, and so I'm like, you we can what? skip to the, the next song. 
<laughs> no, but the thing is, and what's funny is like if you go to the next song, it's probably like where they'll play 20 minutes of one song, right? Then they go into one of their other ones for a little bit. <laughs> and then they go back to the one that they were just playing. So it's really, they've been playing the song for 30 minutes. Yeah. I just kind of skipped around and just played them. Like I, I played him, was it Punch You in the Eye, Rita, yeah, I love Punch Lizards. You in the eye. You know, but mostly just like the beginnings of each one where it's like, okay, this is the song. Someday when you're well, older, sing, if you want to go. They sing here and then, <laughs> then they don't sing anymore for the next 20 minutes. Exactly. It's just going to be a bunch of a very interesting instrumental. <laughs> and they're all vibing off each other very well. Like, yeah, I, I yeah. can kind of get where it's coming from. But they, they had an interesting thing because I remember when, when I first got into it, I was I was climbing at my buddy's gym and he was a big fish fan and so he was playing music just off his computer and i think the song free was the first one i heard and like i really really dug that song and so i asked oh yeah yeah it's just great and so i asked jeff about it and he i think he gave me like four and a half gig of fish like it was a ridiculous amount of fish oh, yeah. to, to give another human being it was so many live shows and then he was like I was like, how the fuck are all these live shows? And he's like, he's like, dude, they set up like a, a special section in their concerts just for people to record their oh, shows. Tapers. Yeah, they have tapers. You, they let you plug right into the system. Yeah. And I was like, that's fucking wild. Dude, I've never heard are, of a and concert. And you can just you know, throw them up online. Um, some people, like Barry's people had like, I mean, there was no like central website. I mean, just different people had their own website. Where they would <laughs> that's just what he was telling up. me. It's totally wild. That, like, I mean, you can get shows going back to like, the late 80s yeah. like it's like people sit in the stands with like a reel-to-reel recorder they do yeah like, what the fuck <laughs> but if, if every all... concert like the way that they do their shows if every live performance is subtly different i can see why they're real fish fish aficionados <laughs> it, it'd no, still be do. aficionado like, right but they just spell it differently so... oh no and like here's what's funny it's like i because i haven't listened to music in so long i won't be able to do it now but like i was one of those people who could be like oh yeah like so you know it is the same song but they, they, there's different here and then <laughs> you know I or like you used to know those differences <laughs> oh my god i did or like you would remember like it's almost like now and my 40s probably be like which i don't do this either but like the wine it's like if you have like a 98 sonoma valley pinot grigio or whatever you know <laughs> bullshit like that right it's basically like you'll hear you're like oh man but the version of lizard that they did, for fish you know in <laughs> birmingham in you know yeah that like summer of like 95 tour birmingham yeah like yeah that show that when they did birds of a feather yeah like that was awesome you know <laughs> you're just, like, i knew i was that person for a little while and um man so yeah, but it's just funny, though, because um, I don't think I can handle going to a fish concert now. Um, plus, also, you know, and I, I did, I told you, I did Bonnaroo. I did one music festival, and I can say that I did that. I would never do that ever again. Bonnaroo was, you're in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, in July. Like, just this big open field in the middle of nowhere, and there's no shade because there are no trees. Any, like, there's nothing to help shade you, and you're just camping out for four days. And, you know, there's, you know, you basically have to be under the influence of some substances. <laughs> like for me, that was the only way I survived that. So, yeah. And now I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, even under substances, I don't think I would, I don't think I could do Bonnaroo now. 
I'm 40 years old. I want a bathroom, not a porta potty. <laughs> right. <laughs> I remember a few years back, uh, one of my friends from high school was doing like a house DJ and like kind of trap DJ type shows. And I remember he was having like a show in a bar in Iowa City. And so Lindsay and I were like, yeah, we'll go down and see you. And so we were like, we went down there and we were sitting at a table with his wife. And I remember just, it was so loud that I was like almost annoyed that I couldn't just sit and have a conversation with this lady. Yeah, I know. And then you're like, I'm so old. I, and then, then that's when I came to that realization. I was like, oh, shit. I'm too old to enjoy this now. I've literally had the thought several times. Does it need to be so fucking loud in here? Yes. (laughs) Can't even have a conversation. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So Kim Kardashian hosted Saturday Night Live like a couple weeks ago. um, They just started the new season. I so I mean I didn't see it but I saw the headline and it, it went, wasn't she's not yeah so I, I I don't like her but I, I mean I like I like watching Star Night Live so I do watch it um I do watch every episode but they did do a digital short that was really funny it was her and three of the other female cast members and their moms in like their like early for, like late thirties early forties right but they're out at the club and I think it, they did a music video and it was like grown ass ladies in the club. And like, they're <laughs> basically like, they're, they're like, they, they left their husbands at home with the kids and they're like, we're going to go out, we're going to party. Like we're in our twenties. And then like, they get in there and they're dancing around, they're rapping and they're singing along. And then like Kim Kardashian, like falls asleep immediately, like on the couch, <laughs> like what? And then, and like one of them is like, I'm going to eat whatever I want. But then like, she has diarrhea all night cause she's test intolerant. Oh no. And then another one is um like, angry about how loud it is <laughs> that's me <laughs> and then the fourth one and one thing was one, the hers was the funniest one she had her like you know stiletto like louis vuitton like shoes on and then like after like 10 minutes of like dancing they're killing her feet <laughs> and so she like gives like 500 bucks as a bus boy to trade shoes <laughs> And I was like, that's a good one. I like that one. But yeah. She brought her slides to the club. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that was I a know. critical error. So... Those shoes yeah. aren't going to last all night. No. Those are for it's looking so... at. They're not for wearing. <laughs> no, yeah. They're for going somewhere fancy where you can sit down. <laughs> I I, I so... understood a little bit of people's shoe obsession when I first got into climbing. Because of all the different special, specialized shoes for climbing. And some of them, oh, like the high-end ones, are really pricey. I'm sure they are. And I just look at pictures of them online, and I'm like, oh, I want this expensive shoe, but I don't want to pay $200 for climbing shoes. Exactly. <laughs> oh, when God, when just... I know I'm going to suck just as bad if I were wearing $200 yeah. shoes or $50 shoes. <laughs> yeah, it was like hobbies. Like, you know, golf is, I think golf and tennis are kind of like that. Like, oh yeah oh i want this golf club is it actually gonna help me play a better game no yeah is it a want or a need yeah <laughs> i always do that my hobbies. dad yeah my dad's like that my dad always like he's like oh i want that new nine iron and it's like that you have like five nine irons now and he's i was you're just like is it this is really one like is it actually gonna make you play better no it's not <laughs> that's like me with disc golf only it's like 
you know, it's like if it's a $10 Frisbee, that's not that big of a deal. It's not like a $200 driver or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. Frisbee golf. It's like, no, this oh, disc goes I... out really far and then it fades to the left. It's like, isn't that what they all do? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Some guys on campus. Oh, they caught me on a bad day. They were playing Frisbee golf on campus. They caught me on a bad day one time. <laughs> like. I had um I basically had been holed up in the library because um, I I remember this like I had like a super busy week in the middle of the semester where it was suddenly like these classes um and it wasn't even midterms like it was just like some classes had midterms and then other ones had like random plots so I was like basically just stayed up all night just down Red Bulls and stayed up all night for like two days in the library totally and nice. then. Um, like I had like one last paper to write. I remember like I had the worst like writer's block and I was just so frustrated. So I just gave up and I left the library one night and as I'm walking out, these guys are playing Frisbee golf and like the Frisbee hit me and oh, I just no. fucking, I lost it and I just took the Frisbee and just took it home. <laughs> this is my Frisbee. I walked, into, <laughs> I walked into the apartment and I like threw the Frisbee in on the ground or I think I threw it on the porch. Like I walked in our apartment, I just like threw it on the porch. And so the next day they're like, where did this frisbee come from? And I was like, oh, I took it from some dudes, these poor guys who <laughs> very unintentionally hit me with a frisbee and totally not on purpose. And I completely lashed out at them. I've seen Stern an June. I, w- I wouldn't want to stand up to Stern <laughs> June either. <laughs> no, I, just, I know. I felt kind of bad. I almost like at one point, I was like, maybe I should just carry it around me when I'm on campus and I see one. I'd be like, here, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was in desperate need of a Snickers when I met when I last met you. Oh God! Yeah. Here's your frisbee back. <laughs> oh. No, frisbee golf was like big on campus. Like, so you'd always like, yeah, it was kind of a hazard on campus when I was in college. Oh, I can imagine. I wouldn't want to get hit with, I'd, you know, like getting hit with a putter from twenty feet away. One thing, getting hit with a full-on drive from like a distance driver, like that could draw blood. God, I remember being like when that became. Yeah, because it was like probably like in like the early 2000s when first B golf was suddenly like everyone was doing it, and so it was all over campus. But right before that was the hacky sack thing. <laughs> yes, and I, I like, remember. Wait, can we just go shit out of hacky sack 90s. in the nineties? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like late nineties hacky sack. I'm like, can we just go back to hacky sack? Oh because my god, June the small it's, town. You're the small town like, I grew up in. There was nothing yes. to do. After I mean, so, there wasn't anything to do when stuff was open. When stuff closed, there was really nothing to do. We didn't even have a 24-hour convenience store in this little we town. We didn't either. I grew up, yeah, I, I grew up in a tiny town too. We had nothing. And and so we would stand on the street that no cars were on because there was nobody driving around, and because we'd be under the street light, over on the side, right next to the curb. Three or four of us just kicking a hacky sack around. Yeah. And cops would come by and harass us and be like, "You're blocking traffic. Get out of the road." We're like, you're the here. only traffic. We're not hurting anything. There's literally, why are you standing up here at 11 o'clock at night kicking a hacky sack? Because there's nothing else to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this oh is Buttfuck, no, Iowa. There's town. nothing to do here. Yeah, the hacky sack you're contained, right? Like, you're in your little pod. Like, yeah. There might be, like, 10 of them, like, in the general area, but, like, you're still contained. <laughs> the frisbee golf thing, like, you're spanning, like, distances. Oh, yeah. Well, now my small town has got everything. They they have twenty four hours. They have, they have a fucking McDonald's there now. Thank God they didn't have that when I was in high school. Or I would have really been looking like Job of the Hut. But they they've actually oh, well, got no. like a we skate have, park have, there now, McDonald's. frisbee golf course, oh, okay. all sorts of shit. Yeah. None of those amenities when I was a kid. 
Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Hacky sack, though. That was a lot of fun. I still got my old hacky sack around here somewhere. I've tried it a few times. I am not good. I've lost all of that muscle memory. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I just, that was such a thing in high school. Just those, <laughs> sure the, baggy, hacky the, the baggy are... straight leg pants, the baggy straight leg jeans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I am stuck in the 90s enough that that's still what I prefer to wear. I almost have like a physically like <laughs> type like sour milk reaction when I see dudes wearing like skinny jeans. I can't take it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I should not see the outline of your calves when you're wearing <gasps> denim. What is wrong with you? And it's like, well, that's oh the style. <laughs> and it's like, and your style's 20 years ago, oh, grandpa. <laughs> At least you're not wearing the taper jeans from the 80s. Oh, no, 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 no. The mom jeans. <laughs> the mom jeans <laughs> that were like that 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 dudes would wear in the nineties. They sure would. <laughs> the acid wash, <laughs> the acid wash ones. Oh my god, love the white snake hair and all that, right? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the eighties. What's so funny about the nineties though? Like the nineties, it's not like the eighties. Pretty much like it's all like the same style, right? This kind of over the top like campy cartoony thing you know like with the like with makeup uh-huh. you know like the, the makeup with bright blue eye. the bright blue eye, i remember blue eyeshadow was the thing in the 80s like bright blue eyeshadow and like hot pink like lipstick and then the big hair yeah the perm like perms were you know huge in the 90s though it's like i'm it picturing depends you with on this fashion in the, 90s. in the 80s oh no i oh no i did i did I had the side i brought the side ponytail <laughs> not the makeup because my sister had the makeup my sister had the hot pink frosted lips and like the blue eyeshadow it, well, and what were you listening to while you were rocking this look so it was funny so my sister is seven years older than me so i got introduced to like music really early like oh fantastic um, so i mean i was listening to whatever she was listening to so it was really anything from um Honestly, like your metal bands, like your your hair metal bands, like from Guns N' Roses to, you know, White Snake, New Madonna to Michael Jackson. I mean, basically whatever, because she had MTV on. She was a teenager. Yeah. So I Yeah, mean, I grew I, up on MTV just because babysitters would be over watching it. Exactly, right? So like I basically, my sister and like anyone who babysat me would be one of her friends. So I grew up like watching like, MTV. So I grew up listening to all of this music. Um, music that I shouldn't have been listening to, <laughs> you know, like Papa Don't Preach. Like, I mean, it's like five when that came out, you know, and that song was huge and I would sing it, you know, so it's just funny. But you know, what's funny about the night, the nineties though, is like this weird, like you can, there's no like one style though that defines the night. It's so there's so many different things. Yeah, right. Like really, like you have the grunge phase, then you have like the Doc Martens combat boot phase, or not even not even phase, just like different people wearing different yeah. things. And then, and then there's then, like gangster rap, and then there was like the explosion yes. of like Garth Brooks and like pop culture, or like not pop culture, but like pop country. Oh yeah, kinda. the cowboy hats. The cowboys came back in the '90s too. People right? kind of dressed like that, and then. When that, when Clueless, Leisha Silverstone, when that came out, like that was, that was a big style too. Like the preppy kind of like schoolgirl outfits, like the plaid skirts, like the matching blazer. The nineties did like, have a lot of shit going on in it. Didn't and the it? Mini, the mini, the tiny backpacks that were purses. Like oh, that was, yeah. 
I remember those. I remember girls wearing those in high school. See, I, I graduated in 99. So I, I was... Me too, yeah. Okay, yeah, we're the same too. age then. Yeah, so it was just like random <laughs> things though because then you also have like, because the 90s was when the 70s made the re, like resurgence. I yeah, remember that. Yep, yep that was when I really, like, I grew up listening to my parents' shirt. vinyl. <laughs> and so like, I was kind of like early on like a lot of classic rock, but then it like, it seemed to get more and more and more popular to where I was like, God damn, there's a lot of people listening to classic rock now. Yeah. But I remember being in middle school and being like, you know, like, you ever heard Jethro Tull? And people be like, who the fuck is that? And I'm like, okay, never yeah. mind. How about Black Sabbath? Like, and then they're like, what? And I'm like, never mind. <laughs> God. It's so, but yeah, that's when the, the 70s had like, yeah, they, the 70s, the 70s style like kind of came back. And even like some music, because like Asa Bass was like the 90s version of ABBA. God, I remember everybody had the soundtrack for Dazed and Confused. Yes. That, yeah, yes, that I probably played that. a lot into it, right? Oh, because that yeah, movie came definitely. out in the 90s and it just glorified that mid 70s, you know, like kind of high school party culture so much. Yeah, I remember Boogie Nights and Boogie Nights was set in that era. Yeah, um, Boogie Nights the was 90s. maybe a Yeah, no. Yeah, Boogie Nights was right in that era too, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Like 70s, yeah. like kind of late 70s. Yeah. Into the, into the 80s, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so um but then the fashion came back, like the the crochet vests and then like the the <laughs> jeans were not they weren't flare jeans. That was when we that was the introduction of the boot cut jeans. Yeah, bell bottoms never fully came back, did they? Yeah, it was just, it was boot cut. Not bell bottoms. It was flare or boot cut. That's right. We weren't bell bottoms, but they were flare or boot cut jeans. And then uh the puffy shirts and so it's just funny because I can just look at like a piece of clothing and then I'm like, oh, God, I'm like, definitely weird. Not, I mean, just you could be like it's having a 90s theme party and like <laughs> unlike an 80s theme party, pretty much everyone would be dressed kind of the same. Yeah. If you have a 90s theme party, you're going to have like people dress very differently. No, that is true. I mean, because there are there were so many different kind of genres of, of, of pop culture that were so popular with so many different. Yeah. People. So, and honestly, I don't know if there's been, I mean, it's been 20 years since the 2000s. I can't, the only fashion thing I can think of is like, that was when, oh, the Von Dutch, like the trucker hats. Came, the trucker that's right. hats. That's right. That's, I remember those is, being big. That's in the 2000s, the Von Dutch stuff. <laughs> and, um, then, yeah, that stuff. And, uh, oh, this one, Uggs. And the thing that I thought was like, so stupid, the girl girls were like dresses, but then UGG boots, like sundresses and UGG boots. I remember that like, style. Fuck. Yeah, I'm like, but that makes no sense at all. It was hot. And then what it works. So you, do, get, you, you show me a girl in boots in, in a dress and it's like, for some yeah, reason, the Ugg my boots. mind equates that as, okay, that's a hot look. It's just so weird. And then got, what guys did in the summer, they'd wear like, basically like a tank top but then like a toboggan hat like a snow cap (laughs) like that sort of the white like the white trash like (sighs) look but that became sort of like a fashion style it was like a joke in rock climbing also like the dudes who do a lot of bouldering which is just like the low stuff close to the ground you don't use a rope and stuff with Uh it's like boulders they'll wear they'll wear pants no shirt in a beanie. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> no shirt oh plus gosh. a beanie. Look has always cracked me up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, the mid two. Yeah, like the two thousand. I feel like that was when um, 
you had this sort of like kind of trailer park white trash sort of <laughs> do you like right like yeah the trucker because of the trucker hats and the like, trucker hat the 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 a undershirts the a shirts yes it just yeah so i guess there the is ribbed sort of tank a, tops the, the yeah. <laughs> we don't need to mention the other name that oh they the ribbed tank tops yeah <laughs> those ribbed tank tops god and then i guess in the 2000s also when like you started having like the metrosexual thing where like That's straight guys right. straight guys could like they could want to be sleek That's right suddenly suddenly you weren't gay if you were waxing your eyebrows Yeah and you know Dude, did... grooming and like you know using, I think, I think a little bit before that. I remember like in the late nineties, like it was pomade was like like guys were like, yeah, I use pomade, right? Like they, and but then like actual full on like grooming in the two thousands, it was yeah. like yes, you can yes, it, you know. It, well, and, so, and it was it was like no, I'm hetero. I just want to be. I just want to look nice. What's wrong with that? Exactly, and I want you know, to have clear skin. <laughs> and I don't want wrinkles in 20 years. And like suddenly like skincare for men. And that was when like all of these makeup brands like came out with like the men's body. Like Clinique has a men's body line. <laughs> and like Dove has a men's body line. Oh my gosh. I remember when I was in middle school, I was getting made fun of. I've, I have very, very thick eyebrows, like Bert and Ernie eyebrows. Oh. And I remember getting made fun of about it in middle school. And so my mom took oh, no. Nair and tried to like <gasps> shape my eyebrows. It was so bad. <laughs> you, they, they tells you on the instructions she, not to do that. She gave me these thin little meanies. They were so, they were so bad. It was like, and I thought I got made fun of for having thick ones. Holy shit. Oh, God. oh middle school sucked. You're not supposed <laughs> to use Nair for eyebrows. Like the instructions actually say that. It's like not used on like eyebrows. Like, but, but then after they grew back, then she started taking me to her salon and so then they were oh. waxing my eyebrows so they were doing the middle so i didn't quite have the the monobrow anymore oh yeah and then the they feet. were doing just a little bit on the underside like right above my eyelids but and i remember i did that hurt. for a long time until and it didn't hurt anymore right because after a while that area just is numb You're oh just like... yeah well the, I, I did find that i preferred having the the eyebrows waxed to having them plucked because Oh, yeah, that's the pain. Oh, and then I even went into, like, one electrolysis appointment, and I think she got to about the third hair, and I was like, this is not for me. No. No, I, but, I don't think I'd ever do that because oh, that's terrible. when they stick like the tiny needle like the in each tini- follicle the and tiny needle zap- in each follicle, and then they zap the the base of it. And you can feel? Do you, can you feel the needle, or do you feel the zap? You can kind of feel the needle, but it's so thin that it's it's. I don't know. I just remember it being a very disturbing feeling, and I just couldn't sit for it. I was like, "This is this is making me feel like I'm going to flip out. I can't do it." Oh yeah, especially on your eyelids, like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, I, and then I got them waxed enough times where now it's like I haven't, you know, waxed. Well, then I got the home waxing kits for a while that's like come with the pieces of plastic you just cut into the shape that you want. Yeah. And so I did those for a while. And then eventually it got to the point where I did it enough times where now it's just I haven't waxed oh, my eyebrows in years and years and years, like that, over a decade. I, I, but there, yeah. it doesn't grow back as a unibrow anymore. And I'm like, good enough. Yeah, that's because you after a while, like, yeah, I think those nerve endings are just kind of shot. Yeah, but I remember in the 90s getting made fun of about that. 
Oh, oh he waxed your eyebrows. Man. Yeah, dude, that's the thing now. Dicks, I'm like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> I'm like, I can't win with you people. Either I'm getting made fun of for look like Bert and Ernie or I'm gay because I have waxed eyebrows. Whatever. I mean, it's just funny. Like, if you could almost, like, go back and be like, take a picture of, like, Tom Brady, right? Like, Tom Brady wears, like, skinny jeans. You know, he wears those, like, the skinnier, like, when he dresses up and whatever and be like, this guy is going to be the number one quarterback. <laughs> in 20 years i, I don't and, know much uh, about sports look how but he's dressed didn't they say that that's some of the reason that he gets hate is because he's like so like well put together like good looking dude fashionable oh i don't know I don't, I don't think i've actually heard a lot of people complain about that i think it's just mostly i thought I'd i think because before. he wins all the time it might be something that people throw on oh, top okay. of like that he wins all the time and then you know there was some speculation as to whether there was some the whole i don't remember the def, deflate game yeah yeah that they were letting a little bit of pressure out of the ball so that he can grip yeah. it better to throw it yeah, further or some shit which is like a violate right like it's not i don't know if it constitutes like cheating cheating but it's just, it's not it's poor sportsman <laughs> like it's just poor gate. conduct <laughs> yeah deflate gate so i think that soured some people um and then he also, I think, in the most recent years, in these past four years, I think he's been a Trump fan. So that's also turned some people off. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he's uh, – I think he's kind of shown a little bit more right-wing tendencies that people are like, oh, like that. Yeah, that, that shit's fucking crept into every facet of American life recently, it seems like. Or definitely yeah. over, like, the last fucking five years or so, if not more. Yeah, in yeah, and- – it's not been fun. Um, those those four years. Um, no, I've been pretty disappointed with the lack of fucking anything happening with Democrats in control now, though. Not not to intentionally steer this into politics. Oh, no, it's no, like, no, no. It's like what the I, fuck, you guys? You guys, they're doing the typical thing of of we get in office, we do nothing, we lose the midterms, and then we lose power, and then we start putting ourselves up as the lesser of two evils again and then we win because, and then it starts all over again and the problem is not enough of them or i guess the part they don't want to play dirty pool like yeah. they're they're trying to do politics the old-fashioned way where there's some modicum of respect like the trying to do things so bipartisan like honestly like that was probably obama's biggest shortfall he tried so hard to reach across the aisle like he wanted so bad to like be bipartisan and you know it, it, and i'm sorry the republicans kind of they started it like if you're just going to stonewall every president that's not part of your party yeah no I mean, that that all all that stuff is i feel like they really need to institute term limits on these congressmen i know oh, and I then too. at the same time they need to get money out of politics and maybe start paying these people like what the people in yeah. the district they represent like the median income of what those people make. That's what you get. That's what you have to live on. Now start writing laws that make sense for people that live on that kind of money, because that's a lot of people in the world or a lot yeah. of people in this country. You know, a lot of people are one missed paycheck away from being totally fucked. Yeah. And the problem, the problem I think with the Democrat, they're just, a lot of them just don't, Some they're just, they're when it comes to action, like they're a little weak, like they be dicks. Yeah, either that or they just want to maintain the status quo because they're getting money off it as well. Yeah, some of them. It's I a think little disturbing too. that Obama's entire cabinet was just picked out by Wall Street. 
That's true. Keep in mind, I'm I'm very liberal, but at the same time, it's like I I don't mind pointing out when people in power. Are oh no, I shit. totally no, I know. And um, it's like fix like, this stuff. You have the power to fix this stuff. Fix it. I mean, it, it's like with Joe Manchin. It's like the Democrats just need to, you know, go you know, put the soap in the sock and then just go to town on it, right? I mean, just put the be soap like, dude, in the sock. it's time for a blanket just, party. I mean, just just beat like just honestly like, like beat some sense into the man and be like, dude. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, need I, you I've, need you need to play fucking ball. Like uh, you gotta like this little moment you're having, like, honestly, you're a center from West Virginia. Like no one gives a shit. Right. Like you're, so you're having your moment, right. Like in the spotlight and that's great for you and all, but you got, you gotta, like, they just need to get him to be like, dude, play ball. Yeah. <laughs> like be, be, join the team. And so, because he is a lot of it's him in like, you know, just kind of stonewalling certain things. Cause you have to have every, all of them, united to vote on anything and so i just yeah i i ugh. <laughs> yeah look is the right response <laughs> i mean the one thing i can just say the one thing i can say is like you know what he's trump is not president like that's yeah. good well well that and also it's like it, it annoys me that the democrats don't fix things when they do get power but i do like that they're not trying to like make laws that are actively taking things away from people the way that Mm -hmm. it feels like the conservatives do both in terms of, you know, limiting, you know, reproductive rights for women, trying to basically institute like Christian law. And it's like, it's like, would you fucking cool down? Because this is coming from the same crowd that will immediately stand up and talk mad shit about what's going on in the Middle East with Sharia law. But it's like, you're doing the same thing in America with Christian law. Yep. It's like, I think we've covered all the Christian ideals that are good. We've got those written into our laws already. Let's lay the fuck off on this other stuff. Oh, exactly. And then even like more base. Cause what's so funny is like, whenever you look at like the map after every election, it looks like almost everything is like coded in red. Right. Because it's just the way the electoral college is. But the po- if you look at the popular vote, though, like most Americans lean Democrat. Yeah. It's just where you. So basically, so with all of these new restrictions that they're trying to impose on states to like redraw districting lines and have like, you know, stricter, you know, voting requirements and everything like all of that is a way to like game the system. Yeah. I, I think it all shows, too, that we, we really need more than just these two political parties to be able to really yeah. accurately represent the voices of, the problem of, of with America. That, because now it's like there's so many different things to where it's like, OK, are you pro gun? OK, you are. You are. Then no matter whatever, however you feel about every other issue, you need to vote this way. And it's like, well, what if I'm pro-gun, but, but I'm also, like, pro-choice? Mm, sorry, you can't be on our side that way. It's, you know, if, you, if you're pro-gun, you got to be pro-everything else with us. you got to be fully on our side. And it's like, but I don't agree with everything you say. And similarly with the Democrats, I don't agree with everything you guys say. I agree with a lot more of what you guys say. But, but the fringe people on the extremes on both ends of those spectrums scare the shit out of me for very different they reasons. Do. The the people oh, yeah. in the in the extremes of the on the right scare the shit out of me because they are typically the more like the lone wolf shooter scenario people or the people who are just trying to like beat you over the head with religion 
and not even in a good way. They're trying to use it as a system of control. And then the oh, people, yeah. And it's a way to right? um, basically reign control over everyone else. It's it's taking away civil liberties. Yeah. And then and then on the opposite side, the, the far extreme of, on on the left, it's like. I admire the world that they want to create, but I also think that they need to keep one foot in fucking reality because That's, all they're okay, doing yeah, is is just alienating the all the these other people. And it's like it's, it's like you it's admirable. Thing. It, yeah. But then it also disturbs it's, me that these people who have these admirable goals like resort resort to like the tactics of the enemy to get their point across. And it's like yep. you can't you guys are fighting fire with fire. At the end you're just gonna burn the world down. Can we yep. all chill out and find some fucking middle ground and discuss these things like adults? But it's like so many politics in the hot button issues and everything. It just makes people so, so emotional and nutty that like you can't talk about anything anymore. And it's just it's sad. But I also firmly agree with there's certain things that you don't like that. You don't negotiate with Nazis like we, we already had a world war about this. This one's been settled. Yeah. You don't get to wave that flag in America. You can go fuck yourself. So it's like, eh, oh, yeah. maybe I'm not the best person to be calling the shots well, here when I definitely get, you know, it's like, I understand it. But I also feel like if everybody's frothing at the mouth with anger, it's like there's there's no way for cool heads to prevail when everybody's so anxious and so angry. Yeah, the only issue, though, and I get I understand the need people, especially just in these past probably eight years when things have become so much more divided. Um, between the Republican and Democratic Party. Um, problem with having additional parties, though, and having them be actual contenders in a presidential race is um, you have to get 270 electoral votes to be president. Yeah. So if you have, if so, say, so if you have like three or four people that are like serious contenders, right, and none of them reach 270, Congress gets to decide. Oh, who's president yeah, is. that would make it. I, you know, so, I never considered that 270 electoral like, votes have to have 270 and so yeah if you have like three Congress or four can't contenders shit no well and also it depends on who had which party has you know it, it just yeah yeah because then it, you'd see some right gross now shit the people happening. in congress i'm sorry i don't want ted cruz and you know <laughs> fucking uh what you know i don't want him in the Senate. i don't want mitch mcconnell in the Senate. i don't want fucking marjorie taylor green in congress i don't want those assholes <laughs> deciding who the president's gonna be you know (laughs) so it is like i understand like the need i understand the need for it but unfortunately we have to change the way that we vote in this country because right now really the safe route as much it's like it is the lesser of two evils though it's totally the lesser of two evils to just i'd rather it be up to an election congress going you know what oh without a doubt ugh I'm trying yeah. to steer into steer into funner waters. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Every time I do this on Starcast, it's like I start talking politics and I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> oh, I'm so bad about it. Especially like my husband and I are both we're both like fucking political junkies. Like we like the day of the Capitol riot, you know, when they actually went back in session to certify the vote. Uh-huh. I mean that they they went into the middle of the night. Like I think they were zoomed. The that session like because they they were like we're gonna do this like we're not gonna go home and come back like fuck the rioters like we're gonna do this tonight they started like super late it was like almost midnight yeah, and they I went remember. into like three in the morning i watched the whole thing i don't know why 
Oh my god! <laughs> I was out there fucking watched C-SPAN all night. I was, I was like, oh say, my god. "Holy shit!" That was when I, like, you don't understand. Like, I was so so scared about this election because yeah. I really was like, "We cannot, we cannot have four more years of this." No, like, this, I, I agree. He he was that dude was not <laughs> fit. He's not fit to lead anything. And the fact no. that there's still so many people that so adamantly support him. It's like, you people are fucking broken. It's scary. And I just was like, this. we cannot have any more of this. And so, and I remember, like, I, I knew. I was like, obviously, you had a lot of, in, like, early voting. You had so much more mail-in and absentee ballots. And depending on the state, like, some states will start counting the mail-in and absentee ballots early. Like, some of them start on election day and then some of them don't do it until the electron. Like, you know, it's just every state does it differently you have to do those by hand. Yeah. And because there were so many of them, like I knew in my brain, like I heard all the pundits, they were like, we're not, we're not going to know election night or maybe not even the next day. Right. Like, because it just, because of how voting has gone this year with the amount of mail and FC ballots. But I remember I took the day after the election off. Actually I took election day and the day after the election off. I just, just didn't want to deal with it at work. And plus, I wouldn't be able to concentrate. I would be staring at the TV screen or at my phone, like looking at the numbers. But Wednesday, I remember like Wednesday evening came around. Like We still had no idea what was like who was president. And I remember I just broke down into tears. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, I cannot. I was like, dude, God. And then like I, like, I started crying that Wednesday. Then Thursday morning. Like, or Thursday when I came home from work and we were still like nowhere close to like really calling it. And I think that was when like Thursday night was when I broke down, broke down. Cause I was like, this isn't, this is insane. Hmm. I was like, this is so, we didn't know until Saturday morning, you know, like that's a long time. Yeah, I and I really hope that this isn't an indicator of presidential elections to come, that they're all going to be a fucking circus from now on. I can't take it. Yeah, it's my it's, brain. It's pretty rough. I, <laughs> I had to pre, I had to actively unfollow like every political thing that I had like on Twitter and stuff, because it was just to the point where I was like, I don't want to read about this anymore. All it's doing is I'll, I'll read these things and it'll just make me upset. And uh, there's the nothing only bright I hate light more than people in positions of authority just like scooting by on the seat of their pants and just letting the status quo be because it benefits yeah. them when it's like, no, we could you have the power to change things and make stuff better. America has enough wealth to like take care of everybody and and fix these communities that need to be lifted up out of poverty. It's it's all there. If you've got the budget to spend as much as you do on the military, you can take some of that and spend oh, it domestically Christ. and make us better. Oh, yeah. Like America yep. will be a better place if there's if there's more educated, successful people, if there's less communities that are stricken by poverty. Yeah. You know, the, the, that's that's good. It's a net benefit for yes. for the whole country. It's 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 not a net benefit for the military industrial complex, which seems to be getting the lion's share of our tax dollars. And, you know, you would have less illness and death if you you know give everybody access to affordable health care oh my god the health care thing drives me fucking nuts it's like you don't want people to be healthy like i don't oh, understand geez. well i'll read these comments on reddit all the time where people from other countries will pop in and be like it costs you, you it costs you how much to do that in america and then people are like yeah 
Yeah, no, I, I completely bankrupted myself doing this. And, like, you know, people in England would be like, oh, wow, I just, you know, that that was free for me. And it's like, oh, you lucky. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, I don't know. Uh, like, whenever, but, like, when, like, friend of the show and, you know, member of Leftover Army, Neil Tholander, whenever he's talking about oh, how yeah. much capitalism grosses him out, and it's like, yeah, dude, I, I totally agree. Like, those... Those parts where where big money has gotten in and wormed its way into the very center and caused rot, you know, it's not good. <laughs> it's yeah. it, in the end, it's not going to make us better. The the I think I just read yeah. something too that like Elon Musk became the first billion per, first person to reach three hundred billion dollars. With the, okay, here's the thing. Okay, so when you are that level of rich, like, like when you are when you're what you take home every year, like your annual income is in like the hundreds of millions of dollars. Okay. Like when you're getting up there, you, you know, and it's like, yeah, like, and they don't want to pay, you know, they don't want to be so taxed that they're paying half of their annual income. And it's like, okay, so say your annual income is $400 million a year and we're going to pose these taxes, like these taxes on you. And basically you're going to have to give half of that back. You're giving up 200 million. But really when you're when, at that level, what exactly can't you do yeah. <laughs> with $200 million that you can do with 400? Like, really, like, I mean, at that, what is the difference? Yeah. Like, honestly, like. But then I mean, at the same time, if they're going to tax these billionaires and really tax them, then they need to be really spending the money on valid things. Exactly. But it's just like to hear someone be like, I don't want to pay out my taxes. And I'm like, you make. Five hundred million dollars a year. Like what? Really? Like how is that? How is a quarter of a billion dollars different than half a mil, half a billion? Yeah, that, I, like, I think really, some people that's, get so no much different. money, and and like you were saying, it's like an obsession to, you know, this insatiable drive to you know more, more, more. And I think people I also mean, like they get to a point where it's like they they realize that like okay, well, this is the new normal. This is this is what I have now. And in anything less than that is is threatening. I mean, for me, I'm like, dude, even one year and I get to take home a quarter of a billion dollars, I would not do anything ever again. I would just live. I would just go out and have fun. I would, you know, I'm oh, not going right? to try to get more of it. I'm not, I don't want any more of it. I don't need any more of it. Quarter of a billion dollars. Yeah, I'm like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah for i'm set for life <laughs> yeah i'm like i mean we're good there, there's really, gonna be like, no I'm more good. working a, a day job it, it's going to be pursuing hobbies and, and yes. with a quarter of a billion I'm dollars like, like a fair amount of philanthropy on top of that because yeah th that's so exactly. much money yeah seriously so i'm just like why do you people want even more and i'm just like what whatever i mean to me, it's just like, I think it's just silly to continue to keep working to amass even more wealth than you already have when you really don't need to. Like, why? That, why? Like, I mean, basically, like, you know, like Rupert Murdoch's kids and his grandkids, probably his great grandkids are set for life. Right? Like any of these, media, you know, media conglomerate people, right? Like Bezos, like generations of future Bezoses are set for life. Like none of those people will ever have to work a day in their life. 
Did you see that he's wanting to make a a hotel in space? Like a a, a that was hotel an onion article? space station. Maybe was it was a, maybe it was an onion article. <laughs> okay, because we well, you know, but like they're being all these guys are being fuck nuts, right? I, like I can't remember for sure if it was an onion article or not. I should have I should have read deeper. But you know what though? This is how the world we live in now though. Oh, onion right? articles are like now real. Like shit like that. Honestly, I mean the, they all went to space a couple months ago. Yeah. You know, like why? Like oh that would have been like an onion art. That would have been like even like all three of them going to space. Like that would have been an onion article like ten years ago. Speaking like that would have been a fake that, thing. Speaking of something that I was hoping was a fake thing, did you see that there was some robotics company that put a a sniper rifle on a robotic dog type thing. So it's basically like that episode from black mirror. Oh, I never watched black mirror, but I have heard about this. Oh God. There's this horrifying episode of black mirror called metalhead. I think it's called metalhead in which it's like this post-apocalyptic future where there's like all these, like it looks like a dog, but it has like a gun barrel where its head should be. And it just goes around fucking killing anything. It sees moving. Wow. And like they actually fucking made one of these things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... I saw it from it's on Ghost Robotics Twitter page. What's crazy, too, like just because you can do something, should you? <laughs> yes. It's like, didn't you guys watch Jurassic Park? <laughs> exactly. Well, so like. Um, so Hulu does like I think it's on like it's one of those FX on Hulu things. So the New York Times has like this sort of like docu series thing. Um, it's like the New York Times presents, and so like one of the episodes was about deep fakes. And so the reporters, um, you know, were interviewing different like little startups that are doing like that these tech startups that are doing these deep fakes and mm-hmm. that's, like perfected this technology. And there's one uh, company out of Canada, and like this little peon, the CEO, you know, like he's fucking, you know, 32 years old. Right. And like, it's like you, like you shouldn't be CEO of a company when you're that young because you don't, I'm sorry, but you're not like, you're still like, you're so excited about your tech that you're not thinking about the consequences of what that tech can do. Mm-hmm. And like, so the new transport was like asking this guy, he was like, I mean, you perfect the deep fake, but did you like, what about the serious and horrifying implications that come with that? Like if you do a deep fake of a president, like that's perfect enough, right? Like, and you have, and you do a fake thing where the president of the United States like says something terrible, right? Like you could send like stocks plummeting. I mean, it could be disastrous. And like the harm that, and, and and you just see this thirty-two-year-old little peon, just he has this like blank. You could tell he had never thought about this. Like this was the first time that thought crossed his mind. Yeah, oh, oh it could be used no, for evil. No, and like, and that is sort of like that is, and I think you kind of see that with like like Facebook with Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg was in college when he created this thing. Like he did not, he was not thinking about. He definitely did not think about, you know, the cons and the pros of this and having something like this out there. 
And uh, yeah, and, and, I mean, I think a lot of it's true with a lot of these things. Like they just, you're like, I have this wonderful idea. It's gonna make a lot of money. And yeah, there's positives, right? Like Facebook, you know, it's, you know, it's an online community, people connected, bring people together. But then clearly 20 years later, there's serious repercussions of that. Like, how can it be manipulated? Like, what happens if it falls in the wrong hands? And, like, these little idiots just don't, they don't think about that. Oh, all the whistleblower revelations that have come out of Facebook recently, too, that they're intentionally, you know, putting these algorithms in because they know it gets more engagement if people are upset. And Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. And... I mean, it's not just them. I mean, even just, like, random <laughs> things, like. I mean, just even just like how they just track like what you look at and then the next web page you open oh, right. has an ad for that. Like, I mean, I was at work yesterday and during my lunch break and I was like, I think I bought some stuff like from um, like Banana Republic, like online or whatever. Um, because I had like, I had a sale or something. And so like, I, you know, just like bought a couple of things and um, like this morning when I opened up the New York times, cause I, that's what I do. When I first get to work, I sit down, I eat breakfast and I read my daily briefing on the New York times. Like it, like there was a banana Republic ad like at the top. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yep. We are, uh, we, we're just, we, there's nowhere to hide anywhere. No, like, especially not in terms do. of data, because like the I data mean, that's on your phone, like you, you then if you're in proximity of, say, one of your friends, like your two phones are going to share data. Mm-hmm. And then your friend's going to be like your friend's phone will be like, well, you know, I was just looking up jelly beans. And then your phone's like, well, I was looking up hamburgers. And they're like, well, I'm going to start showing my guy hamburgers and you start showing your lady. Yeah, jelly it's beans so crazy because they hang out together. They're probably going to have similar interests i think we can sell some more jelly beans and hamburgers here if we share data it, it is creepy shit it what's so funny is when the iphone came out and i got i do remember like the uh the announcement of it steve jobs right like he says like because everyone thinks it's gonna be the new ipod and then he goes into a spiel and then he's like it's a phone uh, the internet and and your music and like I remember like in the the people in the audience were kind of like there's like a beat they didn't really understand yeah yeah because nobody knew what a smartphone was it was then. just yeah I mean it was just sort of like wait it's not the new it, it is it was like it is an iPod but it's also a phone and a computer and it was just like everyone's mind was boggled, but like, damn, did we not all want that fucking iPhone the moment it was announced, right? Like everybody mm. wanted one. Yeah. No, I thought it was like so fucking cool. <laughs> the coolest thing ever. And I got, um, I didn't get one like right away. I think it was maybe my sister get, got me one for my birthday. It was like the year after I had a, I think I had a three. So it was like two or three years after the, they debuted the iPhone. And um, so she got every for my birthday. And I remember, um, like, in the way, I guess, that you would gift the iPhone, like, what she did it was um, she sent me, like, a gift card specifically for, like, an iPhone. And so, like, I went to the Apple store and, like, I picked it up and everything. And I had already, like, transferred my cell phone service to AT&T because at the time, only AT&T had the iPhone. 
Oh yeah. Um, and I had Verizon and I will say, so I've had like all the carriers and Verizon is the best one in terms of service. That's what I found um, also. Verizon, I don't use them anymore have, because they're expensive. <laughs> they are. I know. I hate it, but they are the best because now I have Sprint and Sprint's the worst. Yeah. I've, we've or got now like T-Mobile. T-Mobile Sprint. Yeah. And or it's, it's the same. They merged. Yeah. It's not which, the best. <laughs> and it still hasn't. I, I thought that with the merger, like now we'll have even more towers. So will it be better? It's not any better. I don't know what the hell, I don't know what was gained the merger, but, um, I did notice a significant decline though when I switched to AT&T, but I had like done all that. Right. And I take the iPhone home and I remember just kind of staring at it. And then what made it worse is my sister, when she sent me the, the gift card for it, she also sent me like an actual like book, like the instruction, like in someone like these independent people, like not with Apple, but like they wrote these like guidebooks, these instruction books. Because the thing that co- – it's like a two-page tiny little thing that comes with the phone, but there's no actual directions on, like, actually, like, using it. So, like, that was, like – that kind of scared me <laughs> that there was, like, this fucking book that she sent <laughs> about how to use it. And I just remember being, like – I like I put it in the corner and, like, honestly didn't touch it till the next morning. Because it was just, like – it was so, like, daunting. I was, like, oh, my God. No, I remember what that was like the first smartphone I got. Where it was just like, oh my God. Yeah, that was is, the first one I got too. Yeah, I never is, had a Blackberry. A yeah, I never had a Blackberry either. But in, um, I, the first iPhone I got was actually a work phone. I think it was a four or a five. Mm. And, and it was like before they had like these really shitty flip phones. And then oh, was, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was, oh, well, we got all the drivers' iPhones. So this is your phone. You can just carry it with you all the time. And, you know, the, the, you know, don't look up anything crazy on it, but you know, you can totally use this as like a, a personal phone also. It's like, really? You're just giving me an iPhone. This is fucking amazing. <laughs> it, was like, it was so weird. Cause I've been so used to a flip phone. Yeah. It's like when you answer like the phone and you just open it and like, suddenly here's this square thing and then someone calls and then it's like, you got to swipe the little thing. Yeah. And I was like, this is so weird. <laughs> so strange <laughs> so and it's just funny because now it's just an it's just everyday thing yeah now it's like, that, like it's practically just, everybody has you know it's everybody's well, got honestly, this high performance computer in their pocket it is something like i can't remember like when i didn't have this like it's hard to imagine a time when i didn't have this all right and so like when i think back on like my memories and stuff and then I'm like, oh, my God, no, we didn't have iPhones. Because I remember thinking, like, well, one of us probably should just look up on our phone, right? Oh, no, we couldn't have it at the time because we didn't, it didn't exist <laughs> That was when phone like, a friend was an option. <laughs> yeah. Like, that was – like, I do have these thoughts every once in a while. Like, I'm thinking about something that happened in, like, in my past, like, a certain event or a conversation I had. And then I do – I have little thoughts. I'm like, we could just look that up on our phone or we probably, like, looked up the website for the, you know, for the restaurant or for like, or we got directions and I'm like, no, we didn't do any of that. That's not what, yeah, it's just, it's so funny how it just, it's so hard to imagine a time where we didn't have this access to anything and everything in an instant. Yeah. And access to everybody in a way, you know, and, God, and that's yeah. one of those ways where you talk about like diminishment of personal freedoms. Like a, a phone is very, can, a phone can be very much that, you know, Especially if you're not very disciplined. Well, I think for me, a lot of it is like things that I could do on my computer. 
a lot of times I'll just do it on my phone. So I I have spent a lot more time on my phone, but just because now I'm just doing everything on it. Yeah. No, I write on my and, phone all the time. Yeah, yeah. Like I take notes on my phone, but like even just small stuff. Like I used to just whenever I would go like do shopping or anything, like I would do it on and even emails. A lot of the emails I would I prefer to do it. Like I used to use the email function as like a quick thing. Like I could just read it, and if I was going to reply, it'd be like a quick reply. Like I wouldn't actually sit down and like write out an email on my phone. I would always still go to my computer for that. But over the years, it just became more and more natural just to do it all on my phone. So before, like I remember my husband and I, when we first started dating, he would like, I, it, it would take me a while sometimes to text him back. Cause I used to not be glued to my phone. Like I really did just, you know, like I, I wasn't using it as my main like tool, like for everyday life. So there were times where like, I would, you know, put the phone down and then kind of like walk away for maybe like an hour or something. I didn't have it on me. And so, and I think there were some people who used to be like that, but now I think more and more just the way that they updated the phones and it's just easier to do everything on the phone now that like everyone has their phone. Right. So if you text someone and like, they don't text you back, like at least within like that day, you're like, okay, now you're just ignoring me. Cause you totally got that text. Cause there's no way that you don't, you haven't looked at your phone all day today. Yeah, but then sometimes when you see like a screenshot of somebody's home page, and it'll show like their message app, and it'll have like a red, like five hundred and thirty-seven above it. <laughs> oh like, yeah, and it's like for me, I I hate having notifications sitting on an app. So like I'll I want I hate that little fucking red dot yeah. with the little like when when I see that or like somebody like their their mail application their mail app on their phone has like all these unread emails like i can't do it like i'm like what the fuck (laughs) how do you live like that (laughs) i can't do it and because um like work has just been kind of crazy like my workload has just tripled in size probably over the past half year and so what i do is like just to so i remind myself to like go back like emails that i know i don't need to get to right away like i'll leave them like unread so before now i'm okay i'm like if if i have like you know, like 15, like unread emails on my work. Cause we, we had to separate out our work email. So now I have the Apple mail app with my Google mail, but then I have my work. We had, we had to download the outlook app. Nice. So, um, no, I actually hated it before it was integrated into one and then they separated it out for security reasons. But, um, so my outlook app though, like it's gone to the point now just cause the work is, I'm like, like, is this, it's you know, the 15, like if there's 15 emails on red, I'm like, okay, I can, I can deal with that. But my God, like whenever I go on vacation, I hate it so much because I don't want to be looking at my email on my vacation and that's not, and I'm not supposed to, but then like, cause we, we went um, to California in July. That was what we did for our vacations. We were gone. I was out for a whole week and just, you can't help it, but it's there. Like you go past the app and then you just see that number just like go up and up and up. And I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) See, and I never, I would never know until I get back from vacation because like when I moved, when I moved into an office job, they were like, okay, well you don't need a phone anymore. So they took my company iPhone away. (laughs) Oh, but, um, but that was cool because I was like, I I don't want to be getting emails uh, about this stuff, you know, like, I didn't at my company originally. 
like not everybody in my company has mobile has like um like mobile like mm -hmm. email or anything um you have to be in a certain like position or have specific like approval from your supervisor but then i got um they changed the way our department is with like the staff the, the legal staff so now like you're a paralegal one or paralegal two paralegal two is like the step up so when they did that they promoted me to a paralegal two but they're like all paralegal twos get work email and i remember like I didn't, but I, none of us originally, none of the staff did originally. We never had like the, our phone, ne we never had access to our email on our phones. And the firm, I, the law firm I worked at before I started working at this company, and I've been in this company for six years now, but before that, I worked at this law firm, I did have like email on my phone. I remember at first when I started this company and I was like, you don't get email on your phone. I was a little freaked out at first because I was kind of like, oh, wow, that, that's weird. But then I quickly learned to love it because honestly, like, I don't have access, you know, I leave my computer at work. I, I leave at the end of the day and yep. or I go home in leave, the weekend. Leave it's the like, office at the office. Exactly. And so when they promoted me, I'm like, oh, awesome. I get more money. And they're like, and um, you need to submit a ticket to the IT desk to get you um, your email access. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, and then do they expect oh. you to answer those emails? Like, well, we don't need I mean, to get not, into work stuff like that. <laughs> no, no, I mean, not, not really. Honestly, like, it is sort of like it, it's. Yeah, I mean, on, like, if they know that you're not like if you're on vacation or at night, like, although I mean, I usually just read like the, the head, like the subject line. I never like, I might glance through it and just be like, what it just to make sure. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when, when I did have a company phone and I'd go on vacation, I'd go into the settings under notifications and turn off the mail notifications. It's like, I don't even want to see these. Oh, but then when you turn it back on, though, them. but then you turn it back on and then they all, oh, gosh, I remember we went on a we went on a cruise. I know I'd come back from, uh, from a week off and there'd be like, you know, 300 emails to go through, maybe more. Maybe no, it'd be like five because I, I was getting in excess of a hundred a day. So I'd come back from vacation and it would be like five to 600 emails waiting for me to go through. Yeah. Awful. We went on a cruise like two years ago and, um, you know, we were in the Caribbean. So we, and we didn't want to pay for the Wi-Fi on the cruise ship cause it's crazy expensive and, and it's stupid, right? Like don't be on your phones, like our screen, right? Like <laughs> right. you're on a cruise, like enjoy yourself. Right. So really like I was, we were out and we didn't, we never like that was we were off the grid right and so um but god i remember like when we uh because the way they do it is like the last day is like a full sea day because you're going back to tampa which is where we would uh like uh ship out of and so basically the like you they get to tampa in the middle of the night so when you wake up that morning like you just get to leave so but then that's when like you're back in tampa right so you're back on your cell phone service and then you just, you, you, that morning you wake up and you're like your phone and then you're just like, God damn it. <laughs> you're like, this is empty. There was no red circle for the past seven days. Ugh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's always nice. No, what's funny is, it's your phone. So have you seen that new Samsung flip phone? Yeah, is that the one where like when it's open, it looks like a regular ass Phone, yeah, but, but then it, it folds in half like somehow. Yeah, so the tablet folds in half lengthwise, but then the phone 
um, flips like vertically. So like it, um, so it flips down into like a little square. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I keep seeing like ads for those and I'm like, that is cool. But they're also crazy expensive though. <laughs> like yeah. they're, I think they're more expensive than the iPhone. I think those are like, I think they're more expensive than the iPhone. Yeah. I think I have an iPhone XS right now and it's set up so that I just pay like an extra, I don't know, like $10 on every phone bill or something like that. Oh. And so it's like, so you, probably it, it own, like you probably own it then, right? Like you. Oh, I'll own it when it's, when it's all said and done, but oh, I'm, paying, okay. I'm making payments on it in the same term length of like a fucking car loan. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I the take way... very good care of this phone. So I can't even imagine getting anything new yet. Cause I think this thing's only halfway paid off. Well, we've been able to get new phones like, a, like not every, like maybe like every like year and a half, just because the way it's set up is like, we, we do the phones like at the end of like, we'll get to a point in our contract where it's like, if you like pay, like, you know, like a hundred or 50, like if usually it's like, it's like a hundred dollars or less. Like if you just pay that, then you'll own your phone. And so like we do that and then like, and then they say, well, you know what? And then you can just trade it back in for a new phone for free for like an upgraded one. And you're like, and so we, so I, so I did that. So I got a new phone last year. I got the 12, except I got the 12 mini. So it's like, it's small. Hmm. Cause they, um, cause the phones got bigger and bigger. The iPhones got bigger and bigger and bigger like with each generation. And I started to get irritated because I have super tiny hands and it was getting really difficult to like maneuver the phone, like with just my one hand. Yeah. Yeah. Like I totally to get, know what it, you mean. It started to get really difficult. Um, like I was sitting there going, I don't like, cause my husband, like, do you want the, like when we were, when they started doing the two different sizes, he was like, do you want the max? And I was like, no, <laughs> I do not want that one. And so when they released the 12 last year, um, they had like the regular size 12, which is still big. And then the max, and then they came out with the mini and it's like the size of like an iPhone five. Hmm. Okay. So it's smaller. Yeah. I haven't so really kept smaller. up with all the, the new stuff. Like I guess yeah. when, you know, like when, when that stuff's always announced, I'm like, well, my phone still does what I need it to do. So yeah. I've, I've never no, been the, yeah. oh, I got to chase the newest Apple release type of person. We, we don't normally really, it's just a lot. It just happened to be in the past couple of years. Like when our, like it just worked out just that get that's to when, a certain point yeah, where yeah. it's just like might as well. Right. Yeah. And I remember doing that for a while, like with, with other phones in the past, you know, back in like the Nokia phone days and stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, Nokia yeah, every too. couple of years you could just go and get an, an upgraded phone. Yeah. So we just somehow it just kind of works out that way. But yeah, so my phone is like people think like I have a five because of how small it is. <laughs> and I love it. I think it's great. Oh, my God. I remember when I had that old work phone, I was up at the gas station here in my local, my little small town. And for some reason, I had to pull my phone out. And the guy behind the counter was it was like a younger dude. He was like maybe in his late teens, earlier 20s. And like he just stopped everything he was doing. He's like, 
Oh my God, is that an iPhone 5? What the fuck? Oh my God. <laughs> it totally shamed me. And it's this is like a small red tech gas station. So number one, this was like the last person I was expecting to be behind the counter lecturing me on an iPhone, but he was so fucking funny. I stood there and talked with him for about 10 minutes afterwards. And then I never saw him up there again. It was like a fucking ghost. That is so weird. <laughs> He shamed the shit out of me, though. (laughs) I'm like, right away, I'm like, this isn't mine. This is a work phone. (laughs) God. Yeah. Good. I had my iPhone 3. So the first iPhone I had, I had that thing for six years, actually. Like, to the point where, like, it didn't, there were no updates for the phone for, like, the last two years I had it. Because it just there were no more. It was just so fucking old. <laughs> That's the way my iPad is right now. <laughs> like, no, and, but, and it used to drive my husband fucking crazy because it di- it would just be so slow. But I remember like they had the three and then I think two years later they came out with a four and my, and my phone was working probably fine. Like there's no need for me to upgrade. Right. And then they came out with a five. And, um, by that point I was, it, that was, I was like, my phone was like wanted to die. <laughs> but and I remember like Kill when they announced me. the five, like, like and, and I was like gun. when they announced the five, I was like, you know what, like let's see how this phone does, and uh, you know, like well maybe I'll get one, but you know by the time they actually release it, like let's um let's see where this phone is. And the thing is, because I thought it was about to die at that point, and then it kind of came back to life a little bit, like the battery life started getting a little bit better. You know, it wasn't as slow, and I was like huh, you know, I think I can do with this. And then um, I remember, like, uh, maybe probably about half a year before, like six months before we got married, my husband was like, we are going to the store and you are upgrading. And that was when they came out with the six. And I was like, fine. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean. I can't be married just, to somebody that has a shitty like, iPhone. My, my phone is so, my, that phone was so old that it didn't have, like, it had GPS, but, the, but no voice. Like, <laughs> for the GPS, like, that's how old it was. And I had this thing for six years. Wow. Yeah, six years? You got your so money's old. worth out of that phone. Holy I shit. I did. And I actually still have it. Um, I mean, because it's just in mine. It's just sitting around. I mean, I, I mean, I could just plug it into my computer, and it'll work on Wi-Fi. Oh, yeah. No, we, we never get rid of our old phones because they just no. become toys for the kids. They do. They just become like this. Now it's, this is your new iPod. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like when Among Us first came out, they were loving the fact that we had all these phones. They were getting in in games uh, where they had a phone in each hand. So they were each playing as two players. Oh, my God. I'm like, you guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> That's the one that they're making that HBO. Is it a show or a movie? Are they? I that's the that's the first I've heard of it. If that's the case, I thought is it the one? There's one that Pedro Pascal is in. It's a HBO like show or movie. They're doing a video game adaptation. Well, were you thinking maybe The Last of Us? No, that's what it is. Okay, okay yeah. As I say, an Among Us show would be really funny. <laughs> it's like, hey, Orange okay, is sus. Let's kick him out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about like either of the games, but yeah, okay. So it's the last of us. That's the one that they're doing. The it's like I think it's a show. I I believe that they are making a show of that I'm not a gamer really at all. Um, so oh, I, no, think, I think the Last of Us was like a really. I think there's like Last of Us and Last of Us Two, and if I think the first one was super popular, and it was maybe like a post zombie apocalypse type game. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know Pedro Pascal is like the main person in that. Oh, well, I love him yeah. depending on what he's in. What, are you talking about Wonder Woman 84? Because <laughs> that was weird. He was weird in that. He's normally oh, super charming. Yes. And he, like, he, the character was it, fucking weird. That whole movie was weird. Was, that movie was so weird. <laughs> so, like, our apartment complex, like, one of the other great amenities that we have is like, there's like this little theater. Um, and it's really cute how they set up, but they have like, you know, maybe like three, like, it's like three or four rows of like the stadium style, like theater seats. And, um, there's just like, you know, and then you have the big, um, you know, like screen, like, and there, you can just hook up your, like, we usually take our Apple TV down and just hook it up and you can hook up to the projector. Oh, okay. I and then what you're saying. So it's up. like a theater yeah. room. Yeah, it's a theater room. Yeah, but it's really nice. And it's actually been really great with, during this past year with COVID because oh, right? so many things that like were being released on demand instead of theaters. And so like are if they, they were being released on demand and theaters, like Wonder Woman 84, I think that, that they, yeah, that got released in theaters too, right? Yeah, and they did on it. HBO Max. Yep. So Christmas Day, yeah. So Christmas Day, like that's what we did that morning. Like we went and we watched Wonder Woman 84. And we, we were both like this is not good <laughs> that's how i felt we were just too. like well and then my husband actually what well, he got wrapped up in with that movie he's like this is what doesn't make sense to me about this movie like i don't understand how the wish thing works right like he was like Cause it doesn't make any sense honestly he's like with uh with a uh, kristen wiggs character like i thought everyone was granted one wish and so she already made her wish. So like, how did she get two wishes? It's, it's best she not becomes... to try and make that movie make sense. Do you see what I'm saying? He was no, I 100% makes sense. And then he's like, shouldn't like, if what's keeping him alive is like all the wishes. And so if everyone takes their wish back, like, shouldn't he die then? Or like sudden something bad, like the whole, or like, and it kind of sounds like the way the wish, the monkey's paw thing. Yes. You make a wish, but then like in exchange for the thing you gain, there's a loss. And he's like, but so then like, he was like, he was like, I mean, maybe the, he's like, I thought the kid was going to die. Right. Like that's the, like that's the balance or whatever. And he's like, this makes no sense. He's like the whole, the way the wishing works in this does not make any sense. Yeah, I I felt like that movie they overreached and they should have just picked one villain. Yep. You know, either either go with Maxwell Lord or go with Cheetah. But trying to yeah. mash them both together, it just it made for a really weird convoluted part. I or a convoluted plot and I I feel like it had like a handful of moments in it that were pretty cool individually, but I, I don't even know if you could be like, oh, that entire scene was really cool. There was definitely, there's no iconic moments in it that really stand out to me the way Mm-mm. in the first movie, you know, where she climbs the ladder and goes into no man's land. Like that's a, that's like a goosebumps inducing scene. Like it's really, or even really like good. really funny or even like really endearing things. Like, like in the first one, you know, when they're, when they arrive, um, you know, on the ship and like, she gets the ice cream. <laughs> yeah. right and like and she's just like oh my god this is the best thing i ever tasted in the whole fashion montage when they're trying to like get her into like normal people clothes <laughs> yes <laughs> like like there was i did there were like, certainly that pop out right 
about that. And it just, you, you did, I don't remember that. I, I can't think of anything. And then, I mean, as gorgeous as that opening scene was, you know, with, you know, the with Amazonian the Olympics. And oh, that thing. No, yeah. No, no. Oh, I yeah, almost like forgot that. about that. Well, then here's, you know why you forgot about it? Because it has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the movie. <laughs> yep. Like, there's not, like, I don't understand. Like, so the lesson is, like, she cheated, right? So she doesn't, even though she, like, ends up, like, being the first, like, first place in the race, you know, her aunt is like, nope, because you didn't hit all your points. Like, I, I you know, and I, I get the lesson there, but, like, that lesson is not applicable to the to the movie. No, it's like, they just needed to put some more cool Themyscira shit in it. Yeah. So let's just start like, off with this flashback with tiny, but like, shouldn't the tiny flashback ninja kind of, warrior. And, and, like, it's supposed to be, like, in traditional form, filmmaking format, when you do that, right, it comes up later. Like, your main character, like, does something because of the lesson that she learned from that flashback prologue, right? Yeah. Ideally, probably like, something that wraps up the third act, right? They, like, and that's their moment like, so, of rallying. They remember that shit. Exactly. And then you're in the third act of the movie, you know, like, an hour and a half has already gone by. And then you're like, oh, yeah, from the beginning, right? Like, none of that. That didn't happen in this movie. Like, or I missed the connection <laughs> because that wasn't a thing. Yeah. And, Wow. You know, like with Black Widow, you know, Black Widow starts, you know, with them as kids, right? And then, you know, they, you know, the American Pie song they're playing when they're like running away from the U.S. government, right? And then later, you know, in the movie, probably like, I guess it's like, it's like the end of the second half of the movie when like Florence Pugh and David Harbour are sitting there and he starts singing the song. Uh-huh. Yeah, it pays off. Like that, you know, like that pays off, but like the Wonder Woman 84 just didn't do any of that. Like, yeah, there's a reason why you forgot about that whole scene. <laughs> I totally, until you brought it up, I was like, oh, yeah. And it was so, and that was long. Like, that was a long sequence. Like, it, it was a pretty chunky, like, prologue to the rest of the movie. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's definitely a rich, it's a rich world, and she's an amazing character. And I think Gal Gadot plays her great. And I don't think there's anything oh, wrong yeah. with, with Patty Jenkins because, I mean, she did great on that first movie. But, damn, that writing was not there for the second movie. The writing was bad. The writing was so bad. And I was like, and I wanted it. I wanted it to be so good because I really loved the first one. Yeah, I wanted it to be good, too. Yeah, I was, like, kind of invested in it. I was like, no, this is, like, because I've always, like, growing up, I always liked DC more than Marvel because I was a Batman fan. For the longest time and I grew up on Superman and and stuff, you know, and like when I was in middle school and kind of started discovering the X-Men and all that, I, I really liked Marvel, but it was DC was still more of my jam. And so I've always wanted these DC movies to do really well, but it's like, nah, the MCU does it way fucking better. You know, there, there's some See, good DC yeah. stuff out there, but man, it's... Because the MCU is, is post-Nolan Batman. Yeah. You know, and so, like, those were great. Those those Christopher Nolan Batman movies were wonderful, They but they were very dark and heavy, right? And I think, um, you know, as much as I do like those movies, nothing against them, but, like, after three straight comic book movies of it being just really dark and heavy, and then when the when MCU comes out and they're doing what 
Fox isn't able to do, you know, like to go more light and, you know, in some ways campy, right? But they do it better, you know, like they're good at that. And I think it was just a really refreshing sort of change. So then when they started going, when DC started coming back, you know, like in like what, around 2000, well, the Green Lantern movie was just, I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't know what Green Lantern was at all. Like it just didn't. None of it made sense to me. I remember being like, I have no idea what's happening in this movie. I don't understand what Peter Sarsgaard is doing. I don't. I don't get it. Like I don't understand what his deal is. It's fair. Like he's the bad guy now. <laughs> like it just makes no sense. And um, it just. Oh God! And didn't someone famous play Peter Sarsgaard's dad? Oh God! Someone. It was a big name, right? I don't remember. It's been too long since I saw the movie. Oh, God. Who is Susan Sarandon's ex-husband? Um, oh, from Shawshank. Tim Robbins. Yes, I think, it was, I, think, I think he was Peter Sarsgaard's dad. I think you're right. And it was just such a, like, it was such a thankless role for it's him. It's been so long since. I remember I, I found that and I bought it as kind of a ha-ha-ha thing one time because it was in like a $1.97 bin at Walmart for the DVD. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll own this for two bucks. <laughs> and then I watched it I and I was like, with, oh. I did that with National Treasure. I did that with National Treasure. It was like in a dollar fifty pit at Walmart. I was like, yeah, I'm taking this. Those are fun movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but yeah, but just, then I remember I saw Man of Steel and I hated Man of Steel. I, I oh, actually really? fell asleep. I was so bored. And then it was just all like building smashy, smashy fight. It, it just, like, I remember. It just, it, I was just bored to tears. And then I really noticed I had to watch Batman be Superman until I heard how bad it was. And I was like, I gotta watch this movie now. <laughs> like, I, I, I was like, I gotta watch it. And then, like, that made me want to watch Justice League just because it was like, that's even worse. Oh, geez. Yeah, I remember seeing both too. of those in the theater and just being absolutely like, I loved Man of Steel. And then Batman v Superman, I was like, I really want to like this, but I, I don't. It was just, it like, was, that movie was ridiculous. I, I loved a handful of scenes in it, and then that was it. And then with Justice League, it was the same way. I loved a handful of scenes. Overall, I didn't like it. And then I liked Ju Zack Snyder's Justice League, that the really long one that released on HBO Max. I liked that. I thought that was great. It was so long because someone needs to tell Zack Snyder... <laughs> You don't have to shoot everything in slow motion. Yeah, but like, I mean, it also allowed for all this wonderful time. character development. Yeah, but I kind of felt like Cyborg's backstory in the Snyder Cut was a slow motion football game. <laughs> like, I understand the use of slow motion, especially with like the Flash character, right? Like that, obviously. But that, like, not everybody needs multiple slow motion action shots. Yeah, that's Zack Snyder's and, jam, though. I mean, he does that. Yeah, I know. But then, like, I'm like, that's why this movie is so long. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's why it's so long. I didn't... Would that be Superman? So I um, I actually got really into Smallville because I thought Tom Welling was very beautiful. And that is, honestly, like, superficially, that is the only reason why I watched this show. Um, I loved... <laughs> well, at I least did, you're I honest. Got super, <laughs> I got super in Smallville, and it really was because I thought Tom Welling was just beautiful. And so, um, but I got into it, right? And I thought Michael Rosenbaum was fantastic as Lex Luthor. Oh, I love his podcast. 
he is so good. I mean, he's so that was such a he was so good in that role. Like he because he made like 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 sympathetic. You didn't always hate him in Smallville. Like, you know, there's some pathos to that character. And um, the way Jesse Eisenberg, I don't know what they were doing there. Well, that was whack. He was like, like this. I was like, I do whack. not. I was like, I don't remember any iteration of Lex Luthor who is this jittery ADHD Mark Zuckerberg type character. Like, what? What is this? Yeah, no, that was really, I don't know. really bizarre. It just didn't make to me. I was like, I I don't remember any iteration of Lex Luthor being like that. I always thought he was very calm or not. You know, just kind of a lot more contained yeah that yeah i didn't like anything about jesse eisenberg's performance as lex luther like it was i mean they kind of made him out to be like the ceo of google like like the way that he was was more of a tech startup dude than the owner of this like mega corporation Well, and if that's the way that they wanted that character to be like hey we want jesse eisenberg in here we want him playing it like this name him anything other than lex luther then because yeah, that's not exactly. how Lex is. We've got years and years of comic book canon of Lex Luthor. And yeah, comic canon changes all the time. But this like you seems, said, he's not, extreme. he's not some twitchy weirdo the way that he was playing. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just like, one more reason to be like, okay, this movie's weird. But I'll tell you what, that warehouse scene with Batman going to save Superman's mom. That was fucking. That dope. was a good scene. That was, that was really cool. That was a good scene. Seen him actually use like his his um, grappling gun like as a weapon to like grab that crate yeah. and swing it over and I hit the guy say, with the crate. That was amazing. That is a great that that is great. Um, and just some of the other just, just some of the things just like you know Batman hates Superman. It's like for reasons. <laughs> for reasons. <laughs> Doesn't trust him. I mean, it's kind. It's just. I mean, it kind of that was. Like, I think that was maybe probably the weakest thing, like, of the concept in general. Like, Batman just is mad at Superman because, <laughs> like, because. And then you're like, there's no real, like, okay, Superman was, like, fighting a bad dude. And, yes, there was collateral damage. But I just thought it was just, like, a super flimsy, like, thing to, like, fuel Batman's hatred of Superman. It just wasn't. Yeah. I was kind of like, there's no dare there. Well, then they put the cherry on top by the resolution being their both mothers' names are Martha. It's like, oh, get the fuck out of here. On my deathbed, I'm going to be talking about how stupid that was. I will never get over (laughs) how dumb that was. One of the funniest things is like me trying to explain that joke to my husband. (laughs) He's like, we were out somewhere and like someone, like, he's just no, he had, he's never seen any of the DC movies, like, ever. Like, he just, he won't. He wouldn't be watching the Marvel movies unless I made him, you know. And like, because those are good. Like, I know they're going to be good, right? But like, it's one of those like, mm-hmm. I got to pick and choose. <laughs> yeah. So like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna drag him, you know, to the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna make him go see Aquaman too. You know, like it's just one of those. Um, although I did have him sit down and watch Shazam when they put that on HBO because that one I thought he would have liked because it was that movie was pretty good. It was it was, it was very much like it was reminiscent. It was like a lot of eighties, even though like because of like it was so reminiscent of Big. Oh, without a doubt, you know. And so I think that's why, and it was a little more grounded, and so 
I knew my husband would like that. Like, I, I think he would appreciate that better. And so, <laughs> but like, he had no idea about the Martha joke. And I remember like being, we were out somewhere with some friends and like, we made like, he, like one of the times I made the Martha joke and then he just was like, I think he had heard it maybe a couple other times. Like, what is this joke? And so me trying to explain him, <laughs> like the joke being like basically in the movie, Batman hates Superman just because whatever. And, um, you know, so Batman gets a hold of this kryptonite rock, which is, you know, and he makes all these weapons. And basically during the big fight between the two of them, he's able to like subdue Superman with like these kryptonite lace weapons. Um, so Superman's weak and like he's about to like deal the final blow to Superman. And, you know, before this, Lex Luthor has kidnapped Superman's mom, right? So, like, he's going to kill her. And so there's all this stuff. And so the thing is, like, he's about to stab Superman. And then Superman goes, they're going to kill Martha. And it turns out, <laughs> guess what? Bruce Wayne's mom is named Martha, too. And, like, that's what stops Batman from killing Superman. He's like, why would you say that name? And then <laughs> out of nowhere, <laughs> and then out of nowhere, Lois Lane from just out of thin air like runs in and is like that's his mom's name and then yeah it's like me trying to explain to my husband he was just like what the fuck he was like this is bad what the so fuck like, indeed yeah. <laughs> he just was like this is so stupid i'm like i know it's stupid oh my god because they hammer home that her name is more that, that uh batman's mom is martha like that whole thing the you know the uh the origin story of like the killing of his parents in the alleyway, you know, outside the movie theater, and like Thomas Wayne's last words, his with his last breath, he says Martha, and then you you keep going back to like the gravesite with her tombstone, and like you know Martha Wayne. So like they they're like really like remember this. <laughs> <laughs> they're like don't forget <laughs> Bruce Wayne's mom was named Martha. Oh jeez! So when that part comes, you're just like, oh my god! <laughs> I know, right? It's uh, it's so heavy-handed. Oh, did did Zack Snyder write that one? No, that's right. Chris Terrio wrote that one, didn't he? That sounds familiar. I'd have to look it up to be sure, but that does sound familiar. That's right. I think, and I think Chris Terrio wrote the Snyder cut version of Justice League. Yeah, I, yeah don't, I think I don't they have did that, that stuff memorized. <laughs> no, but the reason why the Chris Terry though, because I actually didn't, I didn't realize he had written any of them until the Snyder Cut came out, and there were like these articles and interviews with him. And um, because I remember his name because he um he wrote Argo. Oh, okay, yeah, that Ben Affleck and movie. Which, which, so it surprised me when I like there's like a New York Times interview with him. With Chris yeah, like, Dude, it you're capable like, of writing so, good stuff. How'd this get so and, sloppy? But it was, and I think it was the headline. It was like Chris Terrio and like in the blurb, it was like, you know, Batman v Superman writer, screenwriter. And I like, that made me stop and go, whoa. I was like, that's the guy who wrote Argo. I was like, he wrote Batman v Superman? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he also then, I guess you never really know what sort of you know, guidelines a writer's been given from studio executives or something. Did you ever hear that Kevin Smith story about when he was writing, he was contracted by Warner Brothers to write the death of Superman? No. Oh my gosh. He oh, does wait, it in one of his the... old evening with Kevin Smith things. Wait, is this the one that Nicolas Cage was supposed to be in? I believe so. Okay. Cause there is that documentary. 
and I've seen bits and parts of it where they actually show like Nicolas Cage trying on the Superman suit. <laughs> yeah, it's and, and what's whack oh, is yeah. that when when Kevin Smith tells this story, he says that that Warner Brothers reached out to him and and said that they were you know looking at to do a Superman thing, and so they were like, "We want you to write it." And so then they had him, they hooked him up with this producer and this producer was like putting all these really crazy things on him. Like the, the producer was like obsessed with spiders. And so he like had these rules for Superman and he was like, I don't want to see him flying. I don't want to see him in the suit. And in the third act, I want him to fight a giant spider. Why not the <laughs> suit or the why uh, you'd have to watch the kevin smith thing oh my god <laughs> but basically no the guy says something i don't know he like basically says that he just doesn't like the way it looks or something along those lines um but he's like then those are the most iconic things of the character like you don't want the yeah, suit like, you don't want him flying at all why are we making this movie <laughs> and so i guess there was like a whole bunch of back and forth and eventually you know the movie didn't get made but then the next movie that that producer made was Wild Wild West with Will Smith. Oh, God. And in the third yeah. act, they fight a giant mechanical spider. Oh, <laughs> it's the funniest fucking story. And, of course, Kevin Smith, you know, he's such a brilliant storyteller. He's, he tells that story mm -hmm. to perfection. I think you can find it maybe on YouTube or something like that. I got to like find that. Like That's Ke hilarious. Like Kevin Smith, uh, Superman Returns, and you'll probably find it. It's it's a pretty dated looking video too. You see it and you're like, Jesus, but I forgot you know what, what I, he looked like in the nineties. <laughs> you know what? I didn't know until actually it wasn't until like Brian mentioned something on pop culture leftovers. I never, like he directed that buddy cop movie that Bruce Willis did. Yeah. Cop out. Cop out. Yeah. I didn't know that, that he directed that. Yeah. It was like one of the first times that he directed something that was just like a studio film where they just wanted a director. Like, not one of his things. Exactly. Not yeah. something that he wrote. And so he was just kind of doing yeah. it just to, to do it. That's, and I, I guess he yeah. was excited to work with um, with Bruce Willis, and then Bruce Willis was kind of a nightmare for him to work with. He's got some funny stories uh, about that one, too. Well, I've heard, like, the story, the story that Brian was telling um, was that, uh, like, we were talking about how much of, uh, because I remember we got talking about how, like, how much of a dick, like, Bruce Willis is. And I guess when they were making the making um cop out uh like bruce willis basically said like he like the diehard fans are the ones he hates the most <laughs> yeah somebody drove by in a car and yelled die hard and bruce willis turned to kevin smith and said i hate the diehard ones the most <laughs> yeah and i was like wow <laughs> my god and i think kevin smith started saying something back to him like to the effect of oh yeah i still get recognized a lot for clerks and i think he said bruce willis just looked at him and said nothing and then walked away yeah. oh my god, <laughs> oh, my god. <laughs> yeah. But yeah i mean i'm sure kevin smith probably gets the you know like silent bob like all the time oh without a doubt right but i mean and that's so, part yeah. of his that's part of his charm is that he's leaned into it so hard and, well, exactly. and to his benefit. I mean, he's had he's had like a, a real renaissance in his career where he's gone through so many different changes. Did you see there's oh, a, yeah. a, a Kevin Smith documentary coming out? No. Where it kind of talks about all that. It looks really, really interesting. I think it's oh. called something to do. Is it something to do with clerks? 
for the time. I'd have to look it up. I remember watching oh, the trailer yeah. for it the other day and just being blown away. But I've Ooh, also I been wonder... a Kevin Smith fan for, I mean, since I was a high schooler and I saw Clerks for the first time. I think, honestly, I think my favorite Kevin Smith movie, it might be Dogma. I love Dogma. Like, I love Dogma. And why is it so hard to find? Like, it could be a distribution know, he, thing. Like, I remember someone talking about it. I think I was trying to see if it was, like, streaming anywhere. And it's and it, I don't think it is. I'm checking my Just Watch app. I was just pulling Just Watch up. I love Just Watch. <laughs> People listening to this it. are going to be oh like, they're God. shilling for Apple in Just Watch. <laughs> oh, God, I do. I, no, I do. I do love the Just, oh, the just Watch app. is just amazing. Let's see. Is it available on? Hold on. Wow. It says, oops, yeah, you like couldn't you find any bu- streaming offers. What the fuck? Yeah. So you can't even buy it, like, through, like, No, you'd have to buy physical iTunes. media to watch it. Yeah. That, I wonder why. I can only imagine it's a distribution thing. You know, like, who, whoever yeah. owns the distribution rights for it, for whatever reason, doesn't have it up for streaming. It's like, that's odd. To at least not even I mean, be able to buy it. Right. Yeah, that's. Yeah, so I do. God, I do love that movie. Ah, oh, I should have bought it like back on Blu-ray or at least back in the day. <laughs> I have it on VHS, I think, out in my garage. Oh, do you? Yeah, I, that <laughs> movie is just so, so good. Uh, I just so did, much. Did of you it watch Reboot? So no. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really loved Reboot. What's reboot, reboot is a What's Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Mm. You haven't seen that? Didn't that come? No. When did that come out? Oh, probably a couple years ago, maybe within the last okay. couple of years. Definitely pre-pandemic because okay. he he took it on the road all over the place. So probably released maybe in early 2019, maybe. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. It's it's really fun. Like I, if if you like Kevin Smith movies, it's basically like a love letter to like Kevin Smith fans and 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 to his movies. It's just chocked full of Easter eggs from his other movies, and in in the plot line to it is super similar to Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Okay, where that one in a minute. Wow, that's been a while. Great. It's it's got a bunch of really great lines in it, and he got a whole bunch of really famous actors to come in and do little bit parts in it. Um, Chris Hemsworth has this really funny um, uh, cameo in it that's really enjoyable <laughs> and very self aware. Chris Hemsworth is so funny. Like I remember he hosted Saturday Night Live right before age of ultron came out and honestly like that was like it was so he was so funny like he did like one of the pre-recorded things it was like an american express ad but like basically like talking about like you know becoming an actor because they i guess american express has like a slow commercials like famous people would talk about like how they got to where they are right and like there's some it was usually something some like inspiring thing of like overcoming a hurdle or you know, being underestimated. And Chris Hemsworth, like his narration, the Silent Life skit was like, he just walked into the audition and they were like, hey, you look like Thor. <laughs> be in the movie. Like basically like it just was so easy for him to be like where he is now. And then that, when that was like 2015. Yeah. So that was when that show Empire 
was pretty big. So they did an empire sketch where he's like the one white dude who works for the record label. (laughs) And he's like this fresh face, like just got out of college intern. (laughs) Like he's like trying to like get reimbursement, like receipts for expense reports. And then he's like trying to, and then he tries to pass around like a birthday card. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just, that one was great. They did a they did an Avengers one. It was like a press or like it was like the report news report after the battle with Ultron, and he's like partying up in the background and everything. Like there was just, there were so many good sketches in that one. He's really 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 funny. Yeah, his comedic timing is fantastic. And no one knew. Like people, I think most people finally saw how funny he is with the Ghostbusters movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, I never, I never saw that one. It didn't get good enough for reviews to where I was like, nah, fuck that. It's cute. It's cute. I don't want to see the new one coming out either. But I don't I know, know. If, <sighs> if people are going nuts about it, I'll see it. But otherwise, it's going to be yeah. on my 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 list of movies. Catch it on comple- HBO or just movies or- that I'm completely ambivalent about, where I'm just like, nah. Oh, that's true. Like, okay, it exists. Yeah. It's going to exist in the same world as me, but I'll probably never see it. Yeah, that you know what that's kind of how um I was like with like the the new Suicide Squad. Oh, did you end like, up watching I, it though? I did, I did. What'd you think of it? You know, okay, I thought you know, I thought it was good. I thought but and maybe it's just me, but at at some point I think like the gratuitousness of like the violence it it got a little like <laughs> It was a very bloody movie. <laughs> but I think it just, and I think it just at some point it's almost like you get I, I was like numb to it after a certain point, but then I became aware of like how numb I was to it. Like in that third act, you know, I was, I remember being like, I am actually pretty numb to this now. And I was like, and then I started, then I got my mind. I was like, Oh, I don't know. Is that, is that a good thing? <laughs> like, like I have like no reaction anymore to like the goriness of anything. Yeah, yeah, I I really so, love John Cena's character in that. He was so fucking funny. I do. Funny. He was he was good. He was. He, I think he was the best part of the whole thing. Like he was, <laughs> he was he was the best part of the whole thing. Um. So because I had not seen, I, I I watched maybe the first ten minutes of the first one. Oh yeah, you didn't need to see that at all. To and then to I was the like, I just nope. I was like, no, this is so. I will never. I have never watched <laughs> the it. And, first one. And everyone sucks. said you. You know, I even remember watching the trailer. Oh, the trailer fooled the shit out of us. I thought it was going to be amazing. Oh, see, for me, I was like, this is Guardians. Like that to me is like the feeling I got. I was like, this is they're they're trying to be Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, like this irreverent, like D-list group of comic book characters of misfits, you know, have to come together to like, you know, basically, and they're criminals, the Guardians are criminals. Like it just, it just, and then you're going to throw in like 70s pop music on top of it. I was like, this is Guardian. (laughs) This is, that's how I got for the trailer. Although I do remember when I saw the first Guardians trailer, I was convinced that that was going to be Marvel's like first bomb. Oh, yeah. speaking of that, that, how do you think Eternals is going to be doing? So I actually, um, so 
uh, Jesse Paul and I uh, did a Patreon episode with Brian on Wednesday, and we we talked about that because Brian said like it's not like on Rot- the critics on Rotten Tomatoes are not liking this, and um, like the next day I saw um, an article on Slate, and oh god, the title of this article I was like, oh no, that's that that's not promising at all. Um, was I'm pulling this up now? Oh, it's the, the title of the Slate article that came out earlier this week is "Eternals is a disaster of intergalactic proportions." Oh no! I know there's been so that, many articles just dragging it, and it's like, Oof. and I'm like, oh god! And I think, and uh, this is what I said on Wednesday when I talked with those guys. I think the problem with Eternals is, um, there are like ten new characters, right, that we're going to be introduced to. Mm-hmm. This is a big, this is a big cast. And of course, yes, we have seen the Marvel movies do the huge cast, except those ensemble movies, like when we get to each ensemble movie, you spend enough enough time with the characters, you know, either in their own movies or, you know, wherever, you know, in their several appearances and other properties, right? So it's okay that like not everybody gets like a lot of screen time because you already know these people, right? Like, and you also know there's like, and I feel like with the Eternals coming out, you have 10 new characters we know nothing about. Um, you're doing this on top of 22 movies, four television shows, and you're gonna introduce these 10 characters. And in this movie, you're trying to set up an origin story for these characters. At the same time, you are continuing the story from these 22 movies and four television shows and you're setting up the future television shows and movies. And I'm like, and I, for me, I'm like, that's a lot to put on like a two and a half hour long movie. And like the weight of all of that, like I could see a movie crushing under the weight of all of this, you know? No, it's a lot lot to juggle. It's a lot to juggle. And I think, from what and from what I've only read the one slate article, but like the way the article reads, like I think that's a lot. It has to do with a lot of that. It's just the trying to introduce a move, trying to introduce ten new comic book characters. You know, in the conduct, like in the MCU where we are now, it's just it's too much. It's just yeah. too much to carry. The, the only thing I can think is that. Are they going to really super focus on just a few of the eternal characters and then the rest are just going to more, you know, feel like ancillary ancillary. I can't say that word right now. I've had too many beers. They're just going to feel more like side characters. (laughs) Ancillary. There we go. I don't think so. I think (laughs) they are going to try to like establish each one of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. I I got tickets to go and see it on Thursday. And yeah, we're going on Friday, so. I, I, and both both the boys wanted to go with me, too, so all three of us are going to be there. I just, I'm hoping it's going to be good, because I'm, they, I'm a little good, trepidatious but now. But I just, Yeah, because when I started thinking about it, like, and actually, the, it, it without even reading the reviews, when Brian said, yeah, it's getting kind of, it's not getting, it's not getting a good start with the critics. And then I just, I was like, it's because of all of this, because of just what it has to do. And yeah. I think that was sort of the, and it reminded me a little bit of Justice League, though. Like, even though the Snyder Cut was, here's the thing, Snyder Cut was definitely better than the Joss Whedon version. But, like, if I had to divorce 
like the Joss Whedon version of the Snyderverse. Like, I don't know that I would have liked, like, I, I still don't know. Is it, is, do I think it's the Snyderverse that stand by itself? Is it a great film? I think the issue though, is because it's similar to what I think the Eternals is going to have to do. You're continuing the story for, um, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman, right? Like, so, but then you're also at the same time being an origin story for the Flash, Aquaman, and Cyborg. And then you're having to set up the next phase of the, where these, of this franchise. Like, I felt like it's, and I think that when you try to do all that, you kind of end up with a mess because at some point it just becomes impossible to maneuver it all in a smooth fashion. Yeah. 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 I, I hope it's successful. I, I love, you know, obviously I love the MCU movies and, and I, I don't want to, it'd be a bummer to see another one that's like ranking down there with like Thor Dark World, <laughs> you know, or, or like you know Age of Ultron a, or something like that. Okay, but. Age of Ultron. You know what? Thor Dark World, I think it's because, I have like a little soft spot in my heart for that, but I think it's because my experience of watching that movie like I ended up going with like a bunch of friends and it'd been a while since we were all, um, because we, everything, every November we do a big Friendsgiving. So it's, it's like the one time a year that you know what, you'll, you'll at least get to see some friends because they've either moved away or they have three kids now and it's just impossible to see them. So like, it's like the one time a year where everyone shows up, it's an all day thing. So that weekend, um, some people were in town. That was the weekend that I think the dark world opened. So like we went on that Sunday before everyone headed, like everyone left town and whatever. And so we had a good group of us and we, maybe because we were just hung over from the Friendsgiving from the day before, but we laughed. Like there were, we just, <laughs> we had so much fun. We had so much fun watching this movie. And like the part where we were literally like on the ground laughing is, and it was just so tiny, but it was when they go, when Thor and Jane go into her apartment like after they leave space, essentially, like they uh -huh. find their way back, you know, to earth. And so they walk into the apartment and like, um, you know, Darcy's there and Stellan Skarsgård's there. And then Thor, like he puts, he hangs his hammer. He hangs Milnor on like the hooks by the door yes. like where people put their keys. And it was so small. But that, <laughs> that moment of him just like hanging Milnor from the hook, like there are a pair of car keys. Like <laughs> we, it, we died. Like we thought that was like, we laughed about that for like 10 minutes. Like we could not stop laughing at that one scene. Yeah, so that, I have that like movie... a there's Sorry. parts of it that are funny. Yeah, agreed. There's, it's, funny. there's no MCU movie that is like a total, you know, toss it. I hate this movie for me. Like I can find something value in almost all of them. But yes. like, like whenever I do, you know, you can do that like online quiz where it'll rank all the MCU oh, yes. movies where it's like, you yes. know, it just gives you two titles. Which one would you, you know, which one mm -hmm. do you like better? Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Dark World always ends up in my bottom three when I do those, if not on the very bottom. Oh, but, my but bottom some... is always Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah, Age of Ultron's like definitely in my bottom three. I think if I'm remembering correctly, the bottom three is Dark World, Age of Ultron, and probably Iron Man three. I wasn't a big fan of that one. I think minor it's I think it's Incredible Hulk, Iron Man three, and then Age of Ultron my bottom three. You know, my top my number one every time though, like my top three are pretty consistent. 
um, when I do, I love, I like, those are so much fun to do, I know. but my top three, it's, it's always the first Avengers movie is always my number one. Oh, and then, um, for number one. Yeah. And then honestly, like I will say, because it's a tie two or three will either be winter soldier or the first guardians movie. And like, for me, like they're both tied at two. Like I love them both equally for very different reasons because they're very different movies. Yeah, yeah, But, like, totally. those are tied at two. And then, like, I guess, because there's no three, I guess four and five, like, four, five, and six on that list, it, it changes between Black Panther, Endgame, and I think Civil War. Yeah. No, 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 not Civil War, Ragnarok. No, Ragnarok. So, like, basically yeah, the one, Ragnarok's like, so my top my three favorites. are pretty consistent. And then the next three, it's it, it alternates between Black Panther, Ragnarok, and then uh, an Endgame. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Guardians 2 also. I liked it too. I thought it was very, I thought it was good. Yeah. I, my husband was like, my husband complained. He was like, it was just <laughs> the same thing as, he was just a rehash of what the first one, they did exactly almost like the same thing. And my thing, and I kind of looked at it and I was like, and he's like, that's what all the critics are saying. And I remember one critic on NPR, Glenn Walden, who's fantastic, by the way, because he's a comic book guy. He's actually written a few books on Superman. He's amazing. But he his review on NPR, though, he's like he points out like, yeah, it's the same jokes, the same things, the same whatever. And he, but then his thing was like, but you know what? That's OK, because that's what we loved about the first one. Why not do it again? Yeah. Like, it's OK to have the same. I mean, I told him, I was like, oh, my God, how dare they give us a thing I like so much? <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, like I yeah, okay, so it is that you did do a lot of the things. That's the stuff that we loved about the first one. Why wouldn't we want that again? Like, why wouldn't we want an opening dance number? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Baby Groot was so adorable. I don't know. The second so... one just had a lot of things going for it. I agree that I think the soundtrack for the first one was a little bit stronger, but the soundtrack for the second one is still really good. It is, and it's the George Harrison. Yeah, yeah. When they go, when they actually go to ego when they go go to the planet and it's that psychedelic and everything is like that bright like yeah, psychedelic like it looks like you're in a lava like it's basically like a planet looks like a lava lamp and that song like the george harrison song like that was like perfect that was also that one scene. where like we bought the tickets we picked up the kids from school and we immediately went to the theater and watched it and yeah it was the i, I think it was the first time that I'd ever taken them to see a movie in 3D. Oh. And so, you know, it ended up being a really special experience because of that. And then once yeah. it was on, you know, either Disney Plus or when I had it on my Voodoo or something like that, I don't know, but it just turned into one that, that Lindsay and the boys would just watch over and over again. Like Guardians 2 and Thor Ragnarok were just always on for the longest time in our house. Ragnarok was great. I actually, and I knew, <laughs> I actually, Civil War is another favorite, but that's because. So when I found out the release day for Civil War, that was the weekend I was getting married. And I was literally like, no, <laughs> <laughs> because we went on our honeymoon, like, like the day, like we went on our honeymoon immediately after the wedding, we went to Jamaica. It was so like, and the things, and, well, no, no, I wasn't. Oh, are you kidding me? No, I'm not going to fucking wait. And so, um, because then it. like, it wasn't like I could immediately go to the movies and watch it because we were moving to our new house. The week we got back from our, like the weekend after we got back from our honeymoon, like that following weekend, we were moving to our new house. <laughs> so like 
I was got to wait like two weeks, and I was like, you, you fuck no, like I am not waiting two weeks. So we went to the midnight showing, um, the Thursday before our wedding. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and so, like, I, I, props to my husband because. You know, that Thursday, like Thursday was the day that like the families, like both our families came to town. So like that was the night of like the family dinner, like because our, our families had not met each other before then. And um, like, you know, he'd obviously met my parents and I, you know, have met his family, but like they haven't met each other. So that was the first time. So like we had this like big dinner and everything. And so we had to go to like the it was like 1130 showing that Thursday night. And he was like we're doing this. I'm doing this with you. I'm doing this for you. Like, but <laughs> you realize that like Friday day for the wedding is like crazy. Right. He's like, you get that. That's when everyone comes to town. You get that. We have the rehearsal and the rehearsal dinner. And I was like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> come on. <laughs> like, and I was, and I told him like, Spider-Man is in this. It's like a Black Panther. And I was like, Black Panther. That's so cool. I like threw, I threw like a dude, I mean, a classic tamper tantrum. I think at one point I was just like literally screaming Spider-Man and Black Panther. Just, that's it. (laughs) Spider-Man and Black Panther. Spider-Man and Black Panther. (laughs) And he was like, Jesus Christ, okay. That is too funny. This has been a great time talking with you, June. It has been. <laughs> We've been talking for over three hours now. Oh my god! Yeah, this has been so much fun. But it doesn't feel like it. This no, it so goes fun. really fast. Yeah. No, I look down at the recorder and I'm like, okay, it's now started over. So that means we went through the first three-hour file, and now we're on the second one. Oh my god! Yeah. Because it, it records in like three-hour chunks. Oh my god! I used to always be so afraid when that little timer would be counting down. I'm like, what's going to happen when it gets to three hours? It just starts a new recording. That's all. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's cool that it does that, though. Uh, but no, I, I, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such a blast to to chat with you. Can, um, where can people get more Jude in their lives? Oh, so you can listen to me, Paul Hart, and Jesse Candelori. Uh, we have a podcast, Apple to Oranges, where we review Apple Plus original content. It's such a great show. I really enjoy listening. So. Even 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 if I'm just tuning in to just catch the banter at the beginning of the episode, and then I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't want to get spoiled on Ted Lasso, so I'll catch back up with y'all later. <laughs> I know. Now you can listen to us talk about how terrible morning show is because we're just kind of hate watching that now. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It, this season is terrible. Morning show this season is awful. <laughs> uh, that's the way it goes with some shows but yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm definitely probably the more I think about it, the more I'm probably definitely going to be getting that that the Apple TV because I, I gotta know I gotta know how Ted Lasso finishes out and, you do and there's so many other shows on there and, it's, more and, it's, stuff. It's, and it's pretty cheap so I, I'll probably yeah. end up doing it <laughs> do it do it and then you know what you do that and then because we want to have you on Yes, that would be so much fun. And so that's that's another reason right there. I gotta get caught up so I can watch something and have something to talk with you all about. <laughs> yes. So I think we talked about that. We were like, let's have Chase Dark on and Paul goes, he doesn't have Apple Plus. Yeah, I need so, to. <laughs> yeah, get on it and then we'll have you on. It'd be so much fun. It's a plan. <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Starkcast.